Hey, folks, sorry about last week. Sorry. Last week was terrible. It was an uneventful episode. I, or as I, RBK will call it, another okay episode. I've listened to it. It's not bad. We've certainly done worse. 64 is not the worst episode we've ever put out, but it wasn't... There's nothing, like, really super to take home other than the title. The title's fucking fantastic. Yeah, that little snippet is very good. Susie Sally's Quinceanera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stupid. This one's going to be called Leah Skip This. <laughs> Leah Don't Listen. <laughs> You'll find out soon enough. <laughs> you got to sit through to the end. But we, did, uh, we did We did. Gone, or gone in 60 Seconds. We did Fast and the Furious, the original, with yeah. Paul, the late, great Paul Walker and Groot. And uh, a couple beat-ass-looking Spanish chicks that that the Golden Voice says he wouldn't fuck, but I know for an absolute hard, hard no. for sure he would. No, I, I no. You, I'm not going to get into this because I, I know how false that statement is. If that chick came grinding up on you at a club and you were unmarried, unattached, had a couple of your pina colada drinks that you are making, you would say, she's not the prettiest thing, we're definitely going to fuck. And I know it to be true. You can go back and forth on this. You can say that about any mildly attractive person. That's not a mildly attractive person. That is a good-looking woman. You just no. don't like... Okay, I'm not getting into this with you. Anyways, we watched Gone... Or, fuck! <laughs> Why? I think we need to watch Gone in 60 Seconds next week. We <laughs> watched the Jolie's Fast and the Furious. Finest work. She, won the, <laughs> she won the Oscar for it. She won an Oscar for that one. Kissed her brother on stage. Uh, <laughs> we, we watched... Uh, is Giovanni Ribisi in Gone in 60 Seconds? No. All right. As I said, that'd be a funny tie-in with my poor man's Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, that would be. One. I don't. Unless he, he might. No, I don't think he is. Um, yes, he is. He's the younger brother. He's Kit Rains. Yeah, yeah, that's a good tie-in because I make a great Ribisi joke in this episode. That's true. Listen out for that. It's a snippet. When you hear the Giovanni Ribisi <laughs> joke, dial call one eight hundred five five five. No, we did that. Give us we, a phrase that pays. We talked. We got. No political shit, so that's wonderful. No, but we got mildly serious about some history stuff. Yeah, we went into the history of Nam. I don't even know where that came from. We talked a little bit about... What did we talk about? We got into some schmear. We got into some personal sexual history. Some wrestling stories. Well, wrestling we really stuff. got into some personal <laughs> sexual history, which yeah. was illuminating, I think. I think it will help somebody out there. Hopefully. It's probably someone in New Zealand. Yeah. Or uh, Yeah, if you're if you're 17 and listening to this show and wondering whether or not Jesus Dealing with a lot of built-up... Yeah, spiritual if guilt. You're wondering if Jesus is gonna love you. It's anymore. time to start blowing yes loads. Blow job. Say yes to the blowjob. Jesus will always be there. Yeah, <laughs> you can always repent. <laughs> Become Catholic, and you can do it every week. Yeah, do whatever you want, and then you just say, "I'm sorry to an old man in a collar who might have fucked a kid that day." <laughs> and, win win. And then you're absolved. <laughs> it's great. Who'd have thought? <laughs> we would have been much better Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm great. That's why my in-laws like me. I'm a great Catholic. You would have been, you, we would have been great Catholics. Uh, <laughs> Father? Yes. Um, I masturbated to a real estate magazine. Well, that's nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, I fucked a kid this morning. That's nothing. <laughs> Say two Hail Marys and come back next week. Listen, if I'm not here next week, it's because I got moved to another parish to fuck other kids. <laughs> but you can tell the next guy that you're sorry. He'll do everything that I did. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Maybe he'll touch you. You were never my type. Yeah, but we definitely got. A little bit of schmear, not as much as we've been doing. No, but we got into some cool shit. I think this was definitely better. This was a, we had, you know, we did the five dollar make you halal. We got some more, some more Muslim fast food or yeah. Islamic fast food tonight. Mm-hmm. And I feel so accomplished. 
Until you're sick of it, I'm on board for that being popular. Well, we do this. We do this thing where we get like really connected. Mm. You know, like Otters was a thing yeah. when we where we had well, here's the other thing. studio. Here's even if I didn't particularly like the food, I'm glad that there's something that's relatively close that I, that's not the same shit that I've been because I've worked in this place for like going on 13 years. The quick food options have always been Wendy's, Chick Fil A, McDonald's, Burger King, Crystal. Yeah, like that's it. If you want to and, eat any, and pizza markets and pizza, and if you want to eat anything beyond that, you're gonna have to sacrifice a little bit of time. And when you're busy in the middle of the day, it's like fuck, I don't have time to sacrifice. So I either have to plan ahead and bring lunch tomorrow, which is always a bummer because then you know what you're eating all day. You have nothing to look forward <laughs> to. So just the fact that there's something new. That it may or may not be by the time you've mounted the white sauce on top of it, <laughs> feels healthier than a Wendy's. It's real food. Yeah, yeah, it's it's better than eating Wendy's. Yeah. So that's why I've been big on going to the southbound down the street and getting egg salad sandwiches for lunch. Mm. There's six bucks. It's a big mound of egg salad on I think white rye toast with arugula. It's like for fucking six bucks, I eat that for lunch every day. Tell it's, me what you need to do. You need to go get yourself a bag of chips with mm-hmm. everything you like, whatever brand. Oh, I'm going to go to the... Keep Lee, around. Yeah. Go to Lee's Bakery. $3.50. Yeah, you I'm going to that You will tomorrow. get a banh mi sandwich. It's not monstrous. It's about that big. With a bag of chips, though, quite fulfilling. I'm going to try that tomorrow. Is there a line out the door? Uh, we went there at 12 on a Monday, and there was no one. We just walked in and sat. Yeah. I'm, I always have to get shit to go and bring it back, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that tomorrow and try that. Awesome. Well, enjoyed. It was definitely better than last week. We did a word of the day. That's what we forgot to say. We got yeah. uh, RBK well, we really and Banks. Did too. We did your word and mine. That's very true. <laughs> and we'll let y'all know what those are. And in the meantime, enjoy WFUCK. Holla. you guys get into political stuff i just hit the skip 30 second button until you're not talking about it anymore <laughs> don't do that there's some good nuggets in there sometimes we might get bogged down in the seriousness of it but then we make a fart joke it's fun like don't don't do that you could be mm-hmm. you could have missed one of the best jokes in the show doing that mm-hmm. now we're watching oh this is this was how many, a uh, how many awards did this one win well it didn't win any academy awards i think it won some some mtv Film awards. You got some astronauts. I think you got some astronauts, but it is. A, I'll tell you this before I tell you what movie this is tonight because I'm trying to build up what they call. Um, trying to trade, create some create some suspense. I'm trying to create some suspense. I I went on. An, I think you could probably one of, one of my call first real dates, and this was the film we went to see. What year did this come out? <sighs> 2001, 2001-ish. Is this pre or post 9-11? Pre. This is pre 9-11. Yeah. It's a whole different world back It was a different world back then. You could just ride trucks on the highway. And again, before I tell you what movie (laughs) this is, we went because the first girlfriend at the time had already seen it, Mm. and she said that the sound, I'll never forget this, is how fucking absurd this comment is. She said, said, I want to go see it again with you because when I watch and I hear those cars and those engines... I get wet. <laughs> now I'm 16. So this wasn't Leah. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And 
<laughs> I, I think at the time, Leah was like 10. <laughs> so we won't have to delve into she's those particulars. From, she's ordering from the kid cooting. <laughs> yeah, she's still kid cooting with chopped up hot dogs and macaroni. Um, <laughs> anywho. Um, did yeah. You ver- so did you go? Did you verify this? So it got a little weird. By the way, let's just go ahead and tell them. It's the Fast and the Furious. The OG. The original, not one of the seven... Uh, that came after. Yeah, this one with Paul flying Walker, cars and Paul Walker's actually alive in this one. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, but there is this scene that we'll get to later, and I'm sure we'll elaborate. What all all these fucking nitwits are taking their rice burners here and making them do fancy things, revving up engine and blasting Nas, and she's like, "Hey!" She like grabs my hand, places it on the. The coot, the and horse. not the charcuterie board. <laughs> on the horse mouth. On the horse mouth. And I was like, uh, it's warm. <laughs> I wouldn't say wet. We're going to need insertion to, to verify <laughs> what you're saying. We're just on the surface level here. I'm not, I'm not seeing anything. There's a, there's a layer of panties and jean short here. I can't make any real observations. <laughs> Astute observations. Hey, let's finish this film. I'm going to get a refill on my Dr. Pepper. <laughs> And they'll go back to my parents' basement. Hopefully my aunt's not there and you can show me in real life. You can show me, like, with the lights on and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, this was like... And if my aunt is there, she'll just tell on me. Yeah, so well, that's, that's really all I gotta... And then we'll do it. Whatever she says we were doing, we'll just do that. Because if we're gonna be accused, this is what we've learned. But what's good... Is this on subtitles? We have this on subtitles? It is on subtitles. Because the dialogue for this film... You know what we often talk about how we wish we could have been in the writing room for the good stuff, like some of our favorite programs, whether it's Always Sunny or South Park or something like that. We always wish we could be in the room when these geniuses are bouncing creative ideas off each other. I sometimes go the alternate route and say, I wish I could be in the room when they write shit like this. (laughs) It's some of the tuna on white. It's like, and later he comes, he talks about it. Like he keeps talking about tuna on white, no toast. Look at this. It was crappy yesterday. It was crappy the day before. And guess what? It hasn't changed. <laughs> like, really? We have, tuna. A, we have a 30-second dialogue no crust. about tuna with no crust. What, what are you, five? No crust? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they... What adult says, can you cut the crust off you my sandwich? Bread? <laughs> I want, like, the worst kind of white bread you have back there. <laughs> Toasted? No. No, no. no. Do you want like some? You may add some mayo or mustard to it, or you want a pickle on the side. <laughs> Do you have any plain lace? I want you to cut it into squares. Can you cut it into squares? <laughs> Last week you cut it into triangles. <laughs> this week I want you to cut it into squares. Oh man! <laughs> but this this is like one of those movies that it amazes me that this became. A franchise. Yeah, they made like seven more. And it's made billions of dollars. Who who are these people? I don't know. I've never I have never Do I you don't know any legitimate Fast and the Furious fans that legitimately, not ironically, but legitimately like it. The movies? Yeah. Or like the, the lifestyle itself. The, the movies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I avoid how, them on Facebook it, now. Okay. But yeah. Who do you think they voted for? Oh, I don't, I don't think they did. I think they're the type of people that don't vote and yeah. then, like, throw their... bitch? Well, or, like, pretend to be Trumpers, but they never actually voted. Yeah. Does that make sense? I like this guy's very wintry wool hat 
in it's, hot, sunny Southern And this California. isn't, yeah, and this isn't like Hermosa or Manhattan Beach. This is yeah. downtown L.A. proper where it's 99 degrees, yeah, stifling with smog. Yeah, they're in like a uh, fucking Grand Theft Auto video game. <laughs> it's hot and it's gross. Apparently this building has no windows. <laughs> you just walk in through the front of it. But clearly it's warm. Vin Diesel is pit sweating down to his waist. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <clears throat> fucking tank top over here does not like pretty boy Paul Walker. Well, because he's trying to get with his woman, mm. Paul Walker, uh, Vin Diesel's younger sister. I'm here for the tuna, and I'm here for the tuna. <laughs> no crust on either, please. <laughs> I would prefer if there was no crust <laughs> or pubic hair on either of the tunas. <laughs> what? <laughs> this took a weird turn. <laughs> Coincidentally, I had tuna salad for dinner yesterday. I love tuna. It was very good. I went to the fresh market with the intention of buying the things to make tuna salad. Mm-hmm. And as I was adding up the cost of all the things in my cart, I looked over at the deli and they sell it by the pound already made at um, the fresh market. I was like, fuck, I'm just going to go buy a pound of it ready it to go. cheaper? It, it was the same. It was the same, only I didn't have to do any of the work. Huh. I was like, just give me a pound... I don't know, man. I like to make my own. I'm very particular about my tuna salad, too. I'm so. not, and what I bought, as soon as I bit into it, it was like a flashback to six years old. It reminded me of exactly how my mom used to make it. Is she, did she use sweet relish? or? Uh, I couldn't tell you what she used. Mm. I could tell you there's something like that in there, probably some kind of relish, I think celery mm-hmm. I picked up. I actually added, sorry, Sean Hannity, I added Dijon oh, on top. Oh, you fucking elitist. It was good. What I did was I sliced a croissant. Oh, man. You're making croissant sandwich? That's Mm -hmm. like the only way to make a sandwich better. Mounded the tuna salad, and for something green, I put a big mound of arugula on top of that. Yeah. And then Dijon on the upper half of the bread. Tell me what sandwich is not made better by replacing with a croissant, though. I mean, I I honestly feel like I could take a a Philly cheesesteak would be good in a croissant. Peanut butter sandwich. Oh, it's it's the best thing. You warm up the croissant Mm -hmm. like 10 seconds in a microwave. Get a little little heat to it. You got to cut it before, though, because if you try to cut it after that, it's a mess. Yeah, no, it's like it's like pushing rope. Yeah. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. So I'm well versed. But my my tuna salad, it's it's, and you're welcome. Those listening, (laughs) you're welcome. But I do. I do. a sweet relish. This is a free podcast. <laughs> this is a free podcast. If you want more, you know, better material, start paying for something. I don't know. Send donations in and we'll talk about whatever the fuck you we'll want to talk about. We'll get back to the NOS in a second. Yeah, yeah. But I do, my my go-to is sweet relish, red pepper flake, salt and pepper, and that's about it. And just mix it all up with mayonnaise, of course. Mayonnaise. Light mayonnaise. I don't like the mayonnaise to be like the big, the big thing. Sure. But when I was a kid, and I still do this from time to time, I don't know how weird this was. I just do regular, just a little bit of sweet relish and mayo. That was it. Mm-hmm. Mix that up, put it on the sandwich, and then hit it with jalapeno slices, pickled jalapeno slices. And you get, get the spicy, and you get a little bit of the sweet. And I've always loved because I didn't realize like tuna is a very uh, polarizing food. Can, right. Canned tuna either seems like you either love it or you hate it. Yeah. And I just grew up with it, so I loved it. But I remember taking a tuna sandwich to school, and you'd get like the. Ugh. It's like a fart. It doesn't smell good. It's, I'll give. I'll concede it's, it's, that. It's like a fart. When it's your fart, it's not bad. Yeah. When it's someone else's fart, it's a problem. 
So well, like, are you gonna, I wouldn't get it on a plane like that one stupid bitch. Exactly. Like, but if you were eating it on a plane, what's the big deal? Yeah, fuck off. It's I've your been fart for this flight too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fart when someone else is doing it. Like this actually brings to mind. I had. We're gonna have it again tonight. But I had halal guys yesterday. And I had, can't believe how quickly you've turned from <laughs> gross. Well, here's the thing. I told you in the text, even if I hated the food. Which the, you don't. The, the dude that runs the place is so fucking nice. I was like, if this food was dog shit, I would come back just because you're such a pleasant He's person. so nice because he was able to franchise one of the most hyper successful brands yeah. of, in the United States. You're talking about the third leading most Yelp active yeah. food chain in the country. Started it's, from nothing, man. Yeah. Three guys went to New York City. I think they were Palestinian. I think they were. Started doing hot dogs because they figured that's what everyone's doing, but yeah. they weren't getting any foot traffic to and actually Jerry pay Seinfeld the business. Said, well, you know, <laughs> you know, Babu, why don't you make some Palestinian food? You're, You're a, a very, very good, good man. man. You're a very good man. No, so I didn't, what I was getting at. That's our first uh, probably not cool dialectical <laughs> bit for the it's all night. Right. We, we offended I feel like last I week. feel like not. Just, I don't want to get. I know you have a point you want to make, but I feel like if you're good at the accent. Yeah. It like softens the the blow of being a white man doing a brown or black. <laughs> this or, is an audio medium. Nobody knows what color we are. I know, but I'm just. So, would you agree? Like, yeah. if I was doing like, like that one. Hello, Mr. Sanford. You're a very good man. Very yeah. good man. Not yeah. many people can even do that. I'm not saying that's a great impression. Well, the guy who made the Simpsons of Boo documentary oh, would geez. disagree with you, but he's a comedian who's hilarious. Is that the Kamal? No, it's, no, I, no, I forget his name. I think but he's. he's He's Indian too, right? He, yeah, he's one of these comics who he's got more of a political agenda than a comedy agenda, and it's mm. like, all right, man, can you just go back to being funny instead of bumming everybody out about a boo on The Simpsons? Like, are we just supposed to drop a character because it it bothers you? Like, I have a feeling if you polled a hundred Indian descent people, it'd be a split down the middle, like everything else in this world. So why don't you just realize it's a fucking cartoon? Family Guy's done way more offensive shit, and I don't hear you say anything about that, and let's just move on. It's one of those classic things where he could be a comedian and make jokes at you know the Catholic Church's expense all day, mm-hmm. offend every Catholic on, on the face of the earth, and go, it's just comedy. But then when a white Irish Simpsons writer writes in, in a, an Indian accent, well, that offends me. It's yeah. like, fucking welcome to society, dude. Everybody's offended about everything. <laughs> Anyways, that is my biggest pet peeve with the times we live in the I, the offended culture. Yeah, everyone's offended about mm. everything. Fucking just. I had the same conversation yesterday. I, you know, everyone knows where I work, so let's pretend that I that we don't know that. Okay. And there's let's just say that there's someone in your office. Uh, let's say that she's they are. So uh, let's so say I, they're like Panamanian mm. and gay, so they're living a double tough life, and that they're brown in America. Mm-hmm. And they're gay in America, and, they, and they're proud and about they're, it. And they're uh, probably an immigrant. Probably. Yeah. Uh, brown gay immigrant. Brown gay immigrant. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. And and Muslim. We we talk. <laughs> I don't know if he's Muslim from Panama, but yeah. we can throw it in there. Fuck it. It's all hypothetical. Yeah. In a hypothetical, we can yeah. do it whatever we want. Yeah. He's got a micro penis. It's just the worst life he, right he now. He part times as an abortionist. Yeah. It's, it's the rough money's going. dwindling. The it's money rough. is. Dwindling. Rough going for this guy. He saw it coming and invested heavily in wire coat hangers, but even that's not panning out. The shipment hasn't showed it's, up. It's, it's bad. People it's are looking bad. his way. It's getting really tough. But we we have these conversations with him, and he's he, he, this person that's not real, is only a hypothetical. Will always say, but you don't. You can't talk about that because you're just a white man in America. 
And I'm like, you need to understand something. Forget that you work it, in the it, city with it, young women. It would be, it would be bad. <laughs> and this is I haven't told him this because one I really don't this this fake person I don't like him very much. Um, but it's you really need not alienate people that are on your side, whether they're white, male, non-gay. Yeah. It's like you're talking to someone who I, I can't. I can't be you. I don't know your experiences right. as a brown, gay, micropenist abortionist. <laughs> but I can empathize with your struggle in yeah. an America that is tough on and, brown, yeah, gay it's like, people. It's like, and realize that, you know, politically or, or socially, I will more often than not lean your way mm-hmm. socially in terms of, you know, like, <clears throat> you know, if you're left of center, I'm going to go your way. So don't alienate one of your white male allies just because I made a joke you don't like. Because when push comes to shove and the race war breaks out, I'm going to be on your side. But if you keep bitching about the jokes I make, I'm going to be the first one to hit you. <laughs> we'll call it friendly fire. Yeah. Uh, no, it, that's my point, though. It's just like why it gets back to it, even though I'm not going to say it's died down. It certainly has. The Me Too thing has gone a little bit quiet with mm-hmm. this kind of the political turmoil and kids being held in cages. That's kind of kind of been backburnered. I'm sure it's just as strong. You just don't see the daily story coming yeah. out. But I, I was telling somebody, like, when these women were going back 20 years and saying some guy from their high school uh, pinched a butt cheek when they were 15, mm. and she wants to track this guy down and get him fired from whatever job he has now and tell his wife about this, yeah. you're like, you got to stop doing that. Yeah. Because I'm not saying that it was okay because he was just young and stupid and 15. Yeah. But I am saying there's levels here mm. between like being a Harvey Weinstein and forcing women to suck your dick to get a bit part in a movie and just using women rampantly then or just maybe one bad choice 20 years ago. And you got to think, if you start doing that to men, you're going to lose that ally that might very well support the Me Too movement. They might not be out there putting pussy hats on and walking in the streets, but they're very supportive of like, we need to treat women better. But when, say, like, you have a guy that does that, he creates a new chapter of men that, men for me too, you yeah. know? And he's doing the work, and some lady comes out and says, yeah, well, you know, that one time when we were 17 at prom, you you kissed me, and I didn't want it. And you immediately stopped and left, but it's tragically hurt me and my confidence. I've never gotten, I've over, never it. gotten over That's it. That's why I have all these cats <laughs> and a mustache. It has nothing to do with you just got ugly. Yeah. And no one wants you. And that, <laughs> well, I, yeah, like, I see the dichotomy of my argument here. I'm yeah. sounding both like a crusader and a dickhead all at the same time. <laughs> but that's the same yeah. logic that I'm trying to apply to this this well, yeah. this fictional young person when I'm saying you cannot alienate people that are on your side. Yeah. Because all it makes me do, hypothetically, because this isn't real, mm-hmm. is be like, fuck you and your gay crusade and your I'm brown, so I if yeah. you're white, you have nothing to say to me. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. You were human beings first and foremost. Yeah, you're like, I was on your team when we sat down, yeah. and I made a joke, and your butt hurt, and now I'm thinking about not being on your team. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even make a joke. I just said, you know, I don't remember what it was. I, I don't. It happened, it's happened more than once, so who knows? It, it's all hypothetical anyway. It's that's never actually you, that's happened. You just take like a real hippy dippy higher run, and be like, well, you know what? 
I'm a human being first. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> really douche. Yeah. That's a really douche statement know, too. You can't outdo. You can't out douche that. When you do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> gonna, I'll actually. What I'll be doing is putting it back. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll be putting my. I'll be holding my hair in a bun. Well, yeah. you know what, buddy? I'm a human. And this being you first. need. You need to make sure you like. This needs to be a day when you have like a billowy linen shirt on. <laughs> That's like tea stained <laughs> from your worldly experience. Ink on my fingers. You need or to something. be eating like you need to be eating halal guys <laughs> and like and drinking a Doritos soda. Like wearing like a, wearing like one of those mountain suits that you find in the Jay Peterman collection. Exactly. Looks like it came from Peru. Rope like sandals. the kind of shirt that ties up with a piece of leather. Yeah. At the collar. Yeah. yeah. Your calendar's laid open so he can see that you have slacklining tomorrow. <laughs> like you got to really, really. Go there. Bowl of tabbouleh, half yeah. eaten with some exactly. pita chips in yeah. front of me. Yeah. yeah. You've got the Quran and the Talmud open side by just, side just, so you can draw comparisons. Just turning a guinea pig over an open spit, <laughs> like in his home country of Panama. You know, as, uh, as uh, a wise man, wiser man than me once said, I'm a human being first. <laughs> Who said that? I did. <laughs> I did. But anyways, I don't want to forget this. I, I, I know I took you down. It's fine. We were talking about La La how, how tuna's only. <laughs> we're going back to tuna. <laughs> we're talking about. Tuna. This is already better than last week. <laughs> if you're listening now, you you know this yeah. is better than last yeah. week. Continue. We're, we're talking about tuna's only gross when someone else is eating it. I had the rare instant, a uh, rare experience today, and I want to know if you can connect with this. Where my own. It's open. I I, I lead out with I had halal guys mm-hmm. yesterday for lunch. Yes, yes, yes. Then I had a tuna fish sandwich. Today. For dinner. Oh, okay. So this pretty, morning, pretty this morning, breakfast. I had the rare shit where my own shit was revolting. Really? Like it was someone else's. <laughs> like when you walk into a public bathroom, it's like, holy fuck, and you can't stay in there. But usually, even if my shit's bad, it's like, it's my shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll stay in here and read a little longer. Yeah. But this morning, it was like, oh, it's either the halal guys or the tuna <laughs> sandwich or both. It's a hurricane of confluent. But you know, things there. You got it just, it's canned the, fish meeting the tuna conversation. Mediterranean spices. The tuna, and you probably ate something shitty. The white sauce. No, nothing shitty yesterday. You, have any candy? you know what I did have yesterday that blew my mind and I wish I had had it sooner because it's the first one I've had was the peaches and cream. Oh, the popsicle. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a good pop. Absolutely. Like, knocks the other ones out of the water. It's, a, it's one of those things, two years ago they made it and I thought it was the best thing I'd ever had for the company mm. I work for. Yeah. Last year they made it entirely too sweet. And you mm. could tell where like these peaches came from somewhere else. But those peaches now it's funny cuz I used to get a lot of shit talk about this, you know, because people rep- they think Georgia they think peaches, at least if you're not from here. Yeah. They see Peachtree Street, Peachtree Road. There's like 18 different peach trees. But South Carolina peaches are infinitely better. That's the one thing Alan mm. will hear on this podcast. And congrats, he's yeah. second baby has come into the world. They may be better, but the ones in Charleston aren't. No. Charleston doesn't have anything good. They have she-crab. That's it. <laughs> but South Carolina peaches, I heard the the old joke was that uh, South Carolina peaches make Georgia peaches taste like tennis balls. <laughs> and by comparison, it's they're both good, but there's just a, a noticeable perhaps, difference perhaps, in the South Carolina uh, peach. Perhaps then the peaches. I remember this time last year, I was getting ready to go up to the mountains for my sister-in-law's wedding. She get, I think her anniversary is like tomorrow even. And I was I always, when I have a when we still had a cabin up there, I would always buy groceries here and just pop them in the cooler and drive them up there because I didn't want to stop at the fucking food lion to buy whatever garbage version of groceries they have in, oh, in this God. town. I so know this kind of story. So, yep. so I'm walking through Publix near home, and I'm going past the fruit, 
and just this amazing peach aroma just like blasts me in the face and I don't know if they were South Carolina peaches I don't know where they were from but I found the mound of peaches and these were all like fresh in season ripe ready to eat and I've text we've said before texture is the funny thing for me and sometimes the texture of a peach can put me off a little bit when I'm sure. eating it but I just the smell alone like like a fucking like produce expert with my you know Andrew Zimmern glasses on top of my head I'm just smelling these peaches and I I bought like four pounds of them took them up there and I ate a peach like twice a day oh yeah best fucking peaches I've ever had and it only recently occurred to me I need to go seek out peaches because that was this time last year you know what you gotta do you eat your peaches like that and you have a cup of pineapple juice every four hours mm-hmm. while you're Sweet loads? Sweet loads. Not, I'm not talking like I've done it. You've tasted? No. But I've been told. Like, my favorite. You've been told. We went on a cruise one time. And something about cruise. I've only been on one. But something about being on a cruise, I was like, I am drinking nothing but vodka and pina coladas. So if it wasn't yeah. like a vodka, Red Bull, vodka tonic, yeah. it was like pina colada, pina colada, pina colada, well, pina colada. That's like what, in the past when we've gone to Vegas for the Rockabilly convention. Once we're there and it's like 1950s tiki bar mode, I'm like, I just want rum pineapple drinks. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. Well, it worked because we, we, you know, this is pre-baby, mm. had all day at this beach. Yeah, I, they had they were serving this pina colada that they it wasn't just rum and pineapple and whatever else comes with it. They like double spiked it with a different. I think it was tequila, and mm. they called it something like pina colada. There's another part here. This will get you a blowjob. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I probably seriously had because I didn't have the drink pass, but there were people on there. We didn't do the drink pass because, in order to do it, both part members of your group or whatever room you're in had to do it too and Leah just doesn't drink like that yeah so it would have just been a waste I would have had to drink 30 drinks a day I would have tried it <laughs> but it was yeah. it would have been a waste I think but, I do that. but there were so many people that paid for this drink package and they're like I'll just get you a drink because I only go like two a day I'm like you're a fucking idiot that thing you paid $270 yeah. you need to get close to your fill and she's like it's you need okay to be hung over and miserable every day it's a cruise here. you know <laughs> But one of these people was like, I got you. She was so nice. And so the whole trip, she, I would just look over at her. It's like she got some weird pleasure out of, like, being the drink girl. Mm-hmm. Like, it gave, like, because she was only drinking, like, two a day. Seriously. I never even saw her get a buzz. But she she was like, pina colada? Is this someone you personally knew or just a random uh, girl Girlfriend of someone that works okay. there. Okay. Uh, fiance okay. now. But um, she's a super nice girl. Fucking tiny super smart. It's here. kind of a tough to... It's like one of those people that you, you meet and you're like, damn, okay, you're actually like really smart, like yeah. intimidatingly smart. I'm going to get you to debate my friend Brandon Tarver. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> it would be, a, it's a non-starter for, for her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she probably that one day, I probably had like eight pina coladas on this beach. <laughs> and, you know, I, but they're pina coladas. So, and I wasn't drinking like heart, like just liquor. Right. It, was, it was a mixed drink. Yeah. So I wasn't taking in the kind of volume that was, like, putting me out. Yeah. So we get back to the hotel, and even though you got, you know, a buzz on, I was like, hmm. Because I'm really not that guy. I, yeah. I know some people function like that where they get a buzz. Maybe even they get drunk, and they're still like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I get to that, and I'm like, mm, let's do it later. Yeah. And that's just, hold on. But in this case, it was different. So I was like, you know, and let's let's... Have at it, you know? <laughs> Let's do and some things. We did some things and we finished in a certain place and yeah. she was like, Wow. That's uh <laughs> I was like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> just 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 say it was better than average, you know? 
Can we swish this around? I'm gonna spit some out and save it. <laughs> You're <all> teethy. <laughs> it's like a wine tester. No, it's funny because uh, a couple <laughs> summers ago, this is pre-second baby. Uh, this Chris still worked at Leon's, so this was a, holy shit. This was probably when Adelaide was a baby. The good old days. I popped down to the Victory Sandwich in Decatur mm. on like a lunch lunch day, and uh, Ian, the owners, he's <laughs> trying to develop a version of a painkiller, which mm. is coconut cream, dark rum, spiced rum, orange, and pineapple juice. Mm-hmm. And their pain killer is a certain ratio, but he's trying to make a unique to victory ratio that's heavier on the coconut cream, right. calling it a pain destroyer. So he's playing with the ratio, and he's letting me taste them. I'm like, these are fucking awesome. I've never had either of these before, and I'm on board. And so I was there when he figured out the ratio, and I wrote it down, and then I went to the liquor store, and I bought, is it Presser's? Presser's rum? Navy Pussers. Rum? Pussers. Mm-hmm. Or that. you can just get gross with it. Because when I worked at the liquor store, I was like... I would fuck with clients. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, what is this one? It looks cool. looks old. It's got yeah. that old British style yeah. labor. Oh, yeah. that's Pussers. That's fine English rum. <laughs> is it really Pussers? I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Just knowing that they would leave, Tell go me. to their party, be like, check out this Pussers rum. <laughs> I'm like, isn't it Pussers? Yeah. Oh, what a dickhead. So I went Might have sh- cost me some return business. Yeah. <laughs> went to the grocery store, bought a bunch of cans of Coco Lopez, I think it's mm-hmm. called. Coconut cream. Pusser's rum. I got a spiced rum, probably Gosling's or one of those, mm-hmm. I think. Um, orange and pineapple. I went home. I started making pain destroyers, you know, the Victory Sandwich Shop owner's version. And Kristen was a big fan, so I made, like, a big pitcher of them in a plastic pitcher. And we would drink them out back playing cornhole when we still had a different kind of yard. Or we'd put them in a pitcher and take them to the pool and drink them till they were gone. Like, we're talking like one to two weeks of just like when we're going to have some drinks, we're not doing beer or wine, I'm going to make some painkillers, you know. It's weird to think that I, we actually hung out that one time for Spaghetti Sunday. Well, that was in the apartment. This was in the house. The house this you're is, in now? Yeah, this is as recent as the house. Oh. This isn't she, all the, she worked at Leon's and still drove down from there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, and at this point in time, Adelaide was born, so she might not have been working at all. Hell, I even brought that, that uh, in-between chick. That one night, a not-so-pretty girl that I was screwing around with. They gave me the really bad dry shandy in yeah. between Leah breaking up with me and then getting back with me. The she, thing about Spaghetti Sundays is it usually involved getting incredibly stoned. So we, I, we did that. So I don't remember. But I remember the, the, uh, the, the y'all's paintings on the wall, and I was like, huh, this is interesting. Mm. Y'all were just, it was a cool place. It was like an old... A neat apartment. It was, it was like, it felt more like a... A 60 or 50s, 60s hotel. Yeah, it was built in the 60s. Yeah, it was a cool spot. Anyway, I want to talk about this. You have something to finish uh, up? Yeah, let me wrap here. We'll do this. So, that's <laughs> one to two weeks worth of painkillers. I've been drinking coconut rum and your, lo- your loads were just Willy, like Willy Wonka days. sweet. Yeah, and yeah, they end up, you know, pushed, you know, something happened. And, and I was like, holy shit, that's that was awesome. Yeah. I was like, I wonder why. And then I was like, well, I have been consuming a lot of coconut and pineapple mm-hmm. for the last two weeks. And I was like, well, I vow from this day forward to always consume coconut and pineapple. It doesn't last. It doesn't long, last. But still, it's like, it's good to know. One, it's expensive. Your, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's, I buy that organic, I don't know, I think the Santa Cruz brand juices. It's yeah. like $6 <laughs> for coconut. I like the idea of women thinking like, oh, this is 
Blow, this is good blowjob season. Summer weather, that's when the pineapple juice comes out. They look forward to it all year. This shitty, miserable, t- salty, disca- hot dog laden. <laughs> Christmas blowjobs. Country baked ham. Whiskey. A lot of fried foods. Uh, oh, when summer comes, that's when we start drinking pineapple drinks. This is great blowjob season. <laughs> blowjob season. Title of the episode. It's like, it's like you, it's like if you quit drinking, but summertime rolls around and your wife's like, you know, babe, you should probably take up drinking again for the summer <laughs> and drink some pineapple juice with it. <laughs> I get it. Some pineapple juice, some dark rum. I get it. Now, what I was going to say Lopez. about this particular scene, right? So they're driving out. They escaped the cops. They had to run from the random road race that they set up in the abandoned factory, mm-hmm. which As is you do. equally stupid. As you do. But then they this get... This was pl- all filmed in Charleston, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there's the Great Beach of Folly. Uh, you see the hard-packed sand <laughs> yeah. right there. Um, so then they get there, you know, they get away and he, he saves Vin Diesel. So he's trying to get a little street cred because we don't know yet, but we soon find out he's an undercover cop. Right. Brian Earl Spilner. Now that's how sad that I know that. I didn't yeah. know that. That's his full name. <laughs> yeah. Because in a minute he's going to have to show his ID and or he already s- did. I think I'll it was Brian this, Earl Spilner. I, I have no recollection as to what he's undercover for. Like oh, street racing? well, no, he's undercover because they're, he were he's a FBI. Oh yeah. They're hijackers. They're hijackers yeah. and it's interstate, which means it's federal yeah. and all this stuff. But they're driving down the road and here comes this like gaggle of Japanese road bikes yeah. And they just, you know, zoom up on either side and say, pull over, and they flash a, you know, an automatic, I don't know what the gun was, like Mac a, 10 or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, Sons of Anarchy but here's, taught me a lot But here's about my guns, thing about that. It's like, the police have a suspicion of what's going on, mm. whether it's state or federal. <clears throat> You're one of the biggest, the Johnny Tran crew, which is the Asians that whip him over and tell him to get out of the car. Yeah. They're just as suspect as anybody else right now. So do you really go out in a pack on street bikes and just zoom around with they had the guns are strapped. It is like if you make one turn violation, right? If you don't flash your your yellow or your your turn signal left. Ooh, ooh, bad 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 color is choice. Is that too much? Oh, <laughs> bad color choice. <laughs> is that a Sally Susan Quinceanera moment? <laughs> just saying you're talking about an Asian gang and you went and you let mean, out with I, a hard I, yellow. I was saying I meant to say if you don't Turn left at the yeah. I don't know. Fuck. Uh, anyways, like you just get pulled over, and now your entire crew is strapped yeah. with fucking Mac tens on probably stolen street bikes. I don't know. The whole whole thing is a fucking mess. I was distracted because there was two girls making out when they walked into this. Well, that's a when party. you make a movie like this. I, that you know what? Rather than shit on it, because mm-hmm. that's my my. This guy's got another fucking sock hat on. It's fucking hot outside. His head must smell terrible. Terrible. Rather than shit on it, let's address what they did right in this film. Can you remember that thought? Because I'm... Safe sex? 95% positive the air is not on. I can I can tell you that it's not. <laughs> I, my, see, the ball sweat starts yeah. first, and it's it's getting Here, momentous. We'll, we'll save sex on his angry face, and I'll go fix the air. Should we order food? Yeah, we'll save sex. Safe sex. Yeah, great raps. Are we it's, on? Yeah, we're on. Great Raps is not... Okay, let's stop you there. Anything you buy in a mall... Let's put it this way. No reputable... Place. No. The no chicken reputable place. Chinese chicken, Sbarro. Chinese restaurant gives out samples before you order. <laughs> Sparrow Pizza? 
I like that Sparrow Bourbon Chicken Place. When Michael Scott in the yeah. office goes to New York, he's like, every time I'm in the city, I always come to my favorite pizza place. And it's just a Sparrow on the fucking corner. The chicken teriyaki giveaway at North Point Mall was always on point. The bourbon chicken, when that was still there, was always good. It's all thigh meat. It's all dark and overcooked and covered in, you know, sauce with MSG and delicious. No, if I'm eating at a mall, the only thing I'm eating is Chick-fil-A. Because there's always a Chick-fil-A. There's a Five Guys at North Point now. Uh, I like my Five Guys to be separate from a mall. What's funny is the Five Guys took over the Burger King That's a shame. Spot. I love a good Burger King. The smoke's never on inside a mall. Oh, by the way, I got Sean. <laughs> I got Sean to eat at Lee's Bakery. Yeah. And he orders a banh mi. Don't think he knows what, what that means. He just saw a pork sandwich. Right. I think his mind was thinking barbecue or Is some shit. Is the banh mi at Lee's Bakery comparable to the banh mi you made me? Uh, theirs is... It's going to make me sound like a dickhead. <laughs> Lee's Bakery is Atlanta famous. I, I mean, this is purpose. this is Buford Highway. Yeah, mine. I prefer mine because they do their. You make yours with but I want, But I do want to say this. <laughs> well, it's it's seasoned peppercorn beef tenderloin. I don't yeah. care who makes it. It's pretty easy. Yeah. But they do theirs, and and of course a classical Vietnamese pork where it's like almost candied. How well it's cooked. Yeah. And it's red, which is weird, but it's so fucking delicious. Mm. Theirs is. Simpler, yeah. I think, as well, because they just do, I mean, carrot, cucumber, cilantro. There's no dressing. The The beef or the pork is so juicy that it serves as a sauce. So you can get a banh mi at least? For $3.25. I'll have to try that because when you said you were there, I looked up what it was. I was like, eh, Vietnamese. I've never, I, I wouldn't even know what to order. So. They make it really clear. Their, their menu is not heavy on like a bunch of weird shit. You can get weird shit, but it's not heavy on it. For me, like, I love pho, but I wouldn't eat that if it's 98 degrees outside. I just wouldn't. I'm not yeah. saying that, like, if it was 90, I might. That's the difference between Georgia heat. Yeah. But only, like, we were fucking there, and today, it was fucking brutal. Today was so, so good. Yeah, today was wonderful. Today was, like, 76 with overcast, no humidity, and it was breezy all day. We had the doors open in the yeah, back. Yeah, it was really, really so nice. We're, we, but we're in fucking California right now. I've had their pho. It's incredible. But I don't want it when it's 98 degrees outside. Yeah. So I was saying I want the, the light airy crispy it's their bread is what that's what i can't duplicate mm. like i can't duplicate their bread because it's the kind of bread where you it's crispy on the outside to where you do get the flake fall mm. on the table yeah but once you get past that first layer of their french bread it just softens right up like a little cloud mm. it's so wonderful i love lee's bakery this they was sean's first food. time going there yeah he this was not someone well, would not I, ever well, stop it. I don't in. expect him to have but I'm just in hindsight I'm wishing you would have convinced him to be like no no they put cheese on this well hold on you're not letting me finish <laughs> so he orders a pork sandwich okay here's the worst part by the way he's he was a little underweathered the last few days still is he carries a fucking full box of Kleenex into the restaurant I said leave that in the car he's like no I don't, I, don't, I have to wipe my nose I was like Take a few. Put them in your pocket. Let's not make the people that are with you for lunch look like a bunch of fucking assholes. One second. All right. Sorry. I had to say something that we couldn't record. <laughs> We're recording again, so don't comment on it. Fucking killed me. <laughs> Anyways. I mean, he, we can. He, he doesn't No, listen. he doesn't listen, but others do, and it would get back. Uh, he, he brings this entire box and places it on the table, and thank God, just because there's a bunch of other stuff on the, on the table, it kind of gets hidden. Mm-hmm. 
It was so embarrassing. But he co- he orders his pork sandwich, goes to the restroom. I turn to the other girl that was with us, and I say, I'm going to I'm gonna tell him when he gets back. I'm going to ask him, did you tell him no cheese? Because it's a fucking bon me. And here's the thing. The, the girl, the, girl the, 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 the person that came with us yeah. is half Asian. And she's been telling me for a while now, like, Sean's diet lends itself towards a more Asian-centric cuisine. Yeah. Because there's no cheese yeah. in an Asian-centric cuisine. So That's he's like... true. It's very true. Yeah, I've, so, never, I've never had a General So's chicken with cheese. Mm, can you smother, smother my General So's and white creamy <laughs> Velveeta sauce? Do you have any nacho cheese that I can put on my... Um, <laughs> my Mongolian my beef. My Mongolian beef. <laughs> but he comes back from the bathroom now, right? His food's there because he, he didn't understand it. They pump these things out like crazy. This is ready-to-go food. This is not something you order and wait 15 minutes. Right. You order and wait five, sometimes less. Sits down, he's like, oh, shit, did I tell him no cheese? And starts searching through his fucking sandwich. I was like, did you not tell them? Oh, God. I started making a big production out of it. And I was like, there's no fucking cheese in a banh mi. What, what Asian culture? That's what I do. Like we just said, what, when? Yeah. There's last no time? cheese in this building. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about your fucking sandwich. That, that mom over there has some string cheese for her four-year-old, but outside yeah. of that... The closest thing to dairy you're going to get in this room is that woman breastfeeding. <laughs> you're fine. There, there's some dairy creamers for their Thai tea that they make here, but that's it. Yeah. They have sides, at least, that are like... Well, like it's really... It's really... Uh, once you, and you should definitely go because it is close. But it's really, really like bare bones. Like if, if you want a bag of chips, they have a bag of chips. That's fine. If you order a Coke, they go to their Coke machine, pull you out a 20 ounce. No, no. A bag of chips is fine. I just, if I'm going to go have a sandwich, I want a chip or a fry or something. Yeah. Like I didn't need the crinkle fries from Halal Guys yesterday, but I, I saw them and I was like, eh. Like, eat that. Like, do you want fries with your sandwich? I was like, well, yeah, sure. See, I was expecting a small side of fries, but they have like a Chinese takeout box that they fold on the spot and fill with French fries. I couldn't finish them. Are we going to talk about Buffalo Bill? I want I pointed at him when you started your Sean story. Fucking, mm-hmm. would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Ted <laughs> Levine, Buffalo Bill, is on the screen right now. Wait, was she a great big fat person? <laughs> I'd fuck me. This is, okay, we, we talked about before the break. Rather than shit on it, let's find what they did right. And this aspect of it, I actually do find uh, intriguing. Is there a montage coming up? There is. is you there can always song? tell when a montage is coming up. I don't know if there's a song, but... Oh, God, she's so fucking gross. Who? Rodriguez. She, uh, I can't stand Who are her. we talking about? His sister, her. You don't... Fuck okay. no. Gross. She's you get on gross. me for your, this thing with your Ratchakakatova girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, you're telling me that that chick is gross? Yeah, she has a dude's face and you're a dude's a attitude. You're a fucking moron. She's fucking Look, heinous. there is a difference between not being your type and being gross. She's and that, boring. you're a She looks is. like she smells bad. Stupid. Stupid what you just said. Hey, I drive fast cars too. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if you were a couple Coronas in... Not married, that chick walked up to you at a party. Uh, I'd fuck Vin Diesel. You would fuck <laughs> that girl so hard. No, yeah, she, she's she's yeah. a lesbian. She wouldn't want to fuck me. It's a, we're doing hypotheticals. Nothing. <laughs> this is hypothetical Tuesday, or excuse me, Saturday. And, and the one that Paul Walker's after, she she's sweaty. She's mousy. I actually agree with you on this one, but I'm not going to sit here and say she's not pretty. The, neither one. I'm like when I saw this. Anyways, movie, when I saw let me get like, back to what I was talking. One attractive about. girl to be in this movie. Yada yada yada. 
This I do find interesting, where they can take an old burned-out Supra, right? And this is not just the, the guys that like these Japanese imports, like in this movie. I'm talking about any car. Like, I watch a lot of the Barrett-Jackson auto auctions. Yeah. If it's, like, a lazy Saturday and I'm just sitting on my chair, I'll go to Barrett-Jackson and pretend like I have the kind of money where I can just sit around and bid on $100,000 old cars. Miss um, Rodriguez, please subscribe. <laughs> But, like, when you can take an old heap of junk like that, a burned out, all you all you have to work with is a frame. Yeah. That's it. So you're stripping down to the frame and then rebuilding. That is interesting to me. I don't have any interest to the point where I want to do it. Right. I just find it, in, like, fun to watch where right. you can rebuild something. So in, like, this case, you know, you find out this the guy that usually is wearing a beanie when it's 98 degrees I guess he doesn't when he's working, so that's right, he's good. He's pivoted to a sleeveless shirt because it is warm, and but, we can see his kanji tattoo. Yeah, what it is is he's on the spectrum. He's got a little bit of Asperger's, but engines calm him down. Mm. The mathematical nature of engines calm him you down. You know this movie far too well. Well, when your first girlfriend tells you it makes her wet, you tend to focus more in, you know? Did you ever confirm the wetness, or was it just a hand over the top yeah, of the jeans? It was a hand over the jeans. Like I said, it was warm. I gotta get. I mean, maybe. Yeah. But if I base it on other experiences where it could not have been I that like, wet. I like the double tank top here. I want to point that out. The the dude who doesn't like oh, Paul Walker. And I love how, yeah, the dude that doesn't like Paul Walker, his Japanese uh, car of choice is a Nissan Altima. <laughs> And I like how they burn out constantly. Like, yeah, we're just going to fuck up our tires. Yeah. But yeah, he was wearing a black I saw it. camo tank yeah. top. And then he was wearing like a like a, like a a gay strip club fishnet tank top on top of it. Yeah. Two tank tops. So you know he's cool. Yeah. That, well, this guy with the Asperger's is like a poor man's Giovanni Ribisi. <laughs> That's a very good comparison. That's meta. That's very, very good. Uh I, uh, I but this whole, like, grill out in South Central Los Angeles is so, it's just, I don't know. It's not authentic L.A., because I can say from having been there recently, I have yet to see one cinder block wall. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all I saw. Even in Redondo, where the house is, where everybody was saying, like, this is way nicer than, like, downtown L.A. proper. It's like, yeah, but still, every home out here has privacy fences made out of cinder blocks. Yeah. It's not the prettiest place to be. Mm -mm. Oh, here's Double Tank Top. He's come back because he was hungry. I don't want to forget to tell you this, and I feel like she would be a good fit as an extra in this movie. I saw something today that I've never seen before in a in a pedestrian. Okay. This definitely trumps any you know insane clown posse stories I've told in the past. They're not even related. I'm sitting at a red light, and I see this woman coming from a ways away. And she's going to cross. So, you know, the light's green the other way, and she's going to cross with traffic. Mm -hmm. And as she's walking over, like, I see what you can't not see. She's got huge titties. Mm -hmm. This is not a, I don't need to lead out, this is not an attractive woman. Where is this at? This was somewhere up in Norcross. Okay. It's not an attractive woman. I put her in her mid to late 30s, but she's got these huge, like, uh, just uh, bursting Renaissance Festival jiggly tits and they're just loose in this t-shirt that she has made into her own v-neck so like you're just you're like wondering like if one hard step they're going to just plop out so i'm seeing that get closer and i think she's wearing a wig it was like black and red it wasn't real hair 
But the whole time she's getting closer, I'm like, what the fuck is on her face? Because it looked like she had, like, tape over her mouth. She's wearing cut-off jean shorts that she hasn't zipped or buttoned. She's just hiked up all the way and rolled, like, rolled the waist down so they'll stay up. She's also carrying a backpack. Hmm. I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's meant to... You wear that. It's ergonomically designed to and wear she's it. she's carrying it by the sh- backpack strap. Made no sense. But as she got closer... I fi- eventually figured out that what I thought was tape over her mouth was a pink toddler's pacifier in her mouth. Mm. Just walking, probably to work or score dope, who knows, with a pacifier in her mouth, Renaissance Festival, pasty white tits, ready to plop out. And when she passed by me, I could see that she had cut strips out of her T-shirt horizontally and, like, ribbed. Like So there's, like, no shirt here. It's like a Hulk Hogan shirt. Yeah, and I so badly wanted to take a picture because there's just so much going on. Mm-hmm. But I'm at a red light. There's no way she wouldn't have seen me, like, clearly just holding my phone up, snapping oh, nice. shots. Nice. But the adult, like, I've seen adults with, like, rubber pacifiers in, like, 90s movies at a rave. Mm. But this was, like, the kind where, like, the the faceplate is plastic. Like, this was a legitimate, like, children's pacifier. Mm. And she's just sucking on it. So she's, you know... Taking drugs, man. <laughs> Is that what that indicates? Yeah. Pacifier indicates drugs? Ecstasy. You think? I mean, I'm going to say I'm positive, but I feel pretty confident. You know, the last place I would want to be if I was on ecstasy is fucking North Ooh, This reminds me. I don't know why this is the thing that reminds me. <laughs> so there's a new... I, just, I had to tell you that. because That's a good was, one because it, it's going to lead into something really good because we need more schmear. Schmear. Yeah, this is a chick that's leaving Schmear's house after getting fucked and scoring a little yeah, bit of and, and she's feeling bad about it, but she got some X out of it, so yeah. it's like a thing. And, and Schmear's dick is itching for a while. Yeah, like he <laughs> has to go immediately to the minute clinic. But <laughs> Rodney, we can't fuck for like a week. <laughs> Let's not do the gay thing <laughs> just yet. Uh, so there's a show. It's it, I, I think it's FX. I, I, I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure, but it's like... I can't even remember the title of the show, but it's like the dark side of the ring, right? So the pr- are you like writing down ideas over there? I just don't. I, I earlier I wrote down pacifier lady and my own shit smelt bad because I didn't want to forget. When so we you're got like off. you're noting now. This yeah, is new. I, this is new for the listener. The the golden <laughs> voice is now just is, never noticed. No. Anyways, so the show is like the dark side of the ring, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those things where it's like an hour long documentary about wrestlers. Mm. And how, you know, it's not, we all know these stories now about how that life generally fucking ends. It doesn't go well yeah. for the superstar wrestler, right? Ric Flair seems to be doing okay. <laughs> I'll say this. I follow Ric Flair on everything, as you know. And I, he, mean, I know he's... He, he posted this, he's, he's had recently had some more health troubles. Yeah, I mean, when he talks, you can tell, you can hear in his voice. Like, he ain't, I wish he, he would well. stop, stop doing public... He looks like he, because he always sounds and appears to be straining to get his message out. I'm not going to say he has the Frank Duke stroke thing going on, but we're getting dangerously close to break the bottom brick with Ric Flair. You think Hogan is probably the, despite the, like, marital and lawsuit shit, do you think he's probably in in the best place for someone his age in that profession? I do, and I think there's a reason behind it. I'll come back to my original story. With Hulk, I don't think he ever really got involved in the drug scene. Like, I've seen... Countless documentaries, right. and to get back to Sean for a second, when I when when Lee and I had our estrangement, mm-hmm. I went down to Florida and lived with 
Hub and Burke for a long time. You've shared on the pod. Yeah. And they'd go to work. I didn't have a job. I just got my tax returns. So I was living the best life. And But Hub had, like, DVDs of these wrestler documentaries that were four hours long. I mean, these things, it was like, Jesus, who made this documentary? <laughs> who has this kind of time? Like, what got edited out of a four-hour documentary? Right. But I was watching nothing. one. Nothing. I was watching one about the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. You mm-hmm. might remember them. They wore yeah. the football pads and they painted their face with the spiders and shit. <laughs> These guys, they show you videos of like, you know, 20 minutes before their match. Hawk and Animal and Jake the Snake and a lot of guys you would recognize are in the back snorting copious amounts of cocaine and like <laughs> finishing it. And you know, I've never done cocaine, but they talk about the drip. Yeah, when you, when post-nasal you, drip. The post-nasal drip that goes down your throat, and they're like, they're all like, oh, fuck yeah, oh, it's going down their throat. And they're like, give me a beer, I want to wash it down. And they're like fucking chugging beers after they just did this most enormous line. Yeah. And it kind of tells you, like, yeah, well, they died at 45. I mean, that's what you chose. <laughs> yeah. This is the life you chose. And then you went out, and you, you broke your body. Yeah. Every night. Yeah, for you, 300 nights. Yeah, you damaged your muscles and your organs and your brain. You, uh, yeah. You you literally destroyed all of it Yeah, over a 15 to 20-year period. And then you say, who will live to 80? And they're like, no. Yeah. You're going to kill your entire family during a psychotic well, episode. made 40K <laughs> last year wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. living the life. I'm living the best life. <laughs> the best trailer life. But... With Hogan, I think he just kind of, I think he bought into his 80s character of, like, take your vitamins, live a straight life, I'm on top of this game, and other wrestlers were like, he's garbage. His Mm. big move is a leg kick, a high leg, where he just lifts his leg, as we've discussed, Mm. and then once you go down off that, he just takes off the rope and drops the same leg on you. Mm. There's nothing athletic about what this guy's doing. Yeah. And in the meantime, so he's not really sacrificing his body outside right. of having to super slam Andre the Giant, which right. must have been taxing on anyone's back. Yeah. But he never, I just don't think Hogan ever bought into the lifestyle. Yeah. I, that's why he's still around. Yeah. You know, making sex tapes and getting paid millions when it gets released. Well, but say, apart from him, I think DDP's doing pretty well. He's got that whole yoga thing and, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he has. He he's has sa- a bad he, health he's, history. He's but saving other wrestlers. For he has sure. he has his own personal health history with bad knees and and back, et cetera. But has through his own program and improved himself and brought guys around like Jake the Snake. And I want to say Hall. even Scott Hall. He who, saved Scott Hall's life. Yeah, it's not a doubt. And Scott Hall was on the documentary that I will be referencing now. So it's called The Dark Side of the Ring. I think I'll get back to you. But this one. Hey yo. This 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 one hour documentary. <laughs> I'm Reza Ramon. <laughs> he it was about um, Macho Man, which may I almost called you um, or texted because I, I wouldn't have called you at ten thirty at night. But it was about Macho Man and 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 Miss Elizabeth. The whole documentary was about their ring persona sure. versus their actual life. So they were actually married, right? Miss Elizabeth, Macho Man, they got married. Can you imagine that on top of you? Just like MacGruber heaving. Just as fucking like again, crazy eyes there's, as he there's, was. there's a difference. I'm sure he wasn't performing as Macho Man. I, 
I, you know still, what? I'm probably not sure. Still, I'm the probably voice not sure. is the voice, and when you're in the middle of, of, of deep pelvic thrust, well, here, 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 here's, here, here. here's where I'm going with this. So the documentary is very good. I'm not going to highlight it all. We're, we're watching a great film. I don't want to lose track of <laughs> Fast and Furious. But there's a famous moment that happened at one of the WrestleManias where um, Jake the Snake was going to be wrestling Macho Man Randy Savage. Right. And part of the, the storyline, the scripted performance of their 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 match the was that, was man. that the uh, see normally Jake the Snake had a python right and he Jake would, the Snake details this story on the Joe Rogan podcast I actually watched So you have some familiarity with I this. Was, yeah I watched of cuz they video and audio the Joe Rogan podcast and I actually watched the three like 20 minute segments on YouTube mm-hmm. of Jake the Snake detailing that story among others about sinking the teeth into Macho Man. Well, did he tell you the, the, the before match stuff? Yeah. So yeah, let's just did. get it he, out he there. He tells it on the podcast, he, you know, yeah. He's in the back, you know. It's a free plug for you, Joe Rogan. Yeah. You can send payments to P.O. Box. <laughs> you really need the help with your 90 million <laughs> listeners. If anything, help us, man. Come Please, on, come on, fuck it, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so they're backstage. Hashtag Joe Rogan. Uh, Macho Man comes back. Yeah. There's Jake the Snake with a cobra, which is the difference. Yeah. And uh, Macho. And and when Jake tells the story, it's totally believable because why would he lie? Yeah. And maybe this is where you're right because here comes Randy Savage. He's like, hey, brother. He's like, so tell me about this snake, brother. He's like, what? You know, Jake's like, what do you mean? He's like, has it been uh, devenomed? Like words that don't exist. Yeah. He's like, of course. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a King Cobra. Yeah. With venom ready to bite you here. Yeah, Jake on the Joe Rogan show. Jake talked extensively about all the snake bites he's endured. Right. Like he's like, yeah, no. So they, he, they were always he tells defa- he tells de-venomed. not yeah not defanged just devenomed. Yeah. So he tells Randy, yeah, of course the yeah. thing's been devenomed, but Randy was suspect. He, he was like, prove it. He's like, oh, how about it bites you first, brother? Yeah. And he's like, okay. So he lets the snake bite him. He's like, I'm gonna come back. Yeah. In 15 minutes. Yeah, from the story he told, he had him. He made the snake bite him on his own thigh. On his own thigh. Yeah. And he comes back. He's like, "Well, you look okay." You know how Macho Man would. Yeah. And uh, so they go about the match, and Jake tells it that he hadn't worked with that cobra. Yeah. He, you know, the python had a name. I can't remember it. I, I'm ashamed because I knew that python's name for many years, but. This this snake and him have no working familiarity. Yeah. So. <laughs> They get out there, and this is where it's, like, terrible because I do think animals are superior to human beings in almost every fashion, and it mm. sucks to think that this poor animal was terrified because he comes out of a bag and the sound of 80,000 screaming people surrounds him. And Jake says you could instantly tell the snake was, like, shit, like, really nervous. Yeah. He wasn't having human emotion, but, like, ah, like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and he said... This is th- not where I'm supposed to be! <laughs> I'm supposed to be eating Indian children right now. Where's Ricky Tiki Tavi? <laughs> so he, you know, the snake's already fucking flipping out. Yeah. And Jake's flat out tells it in this documentary. He's like, I tail whipped the shit out of this snake. Yeah. yeah and it sent this snake into a fucking fury. Mm. And that was when I got Macho Man on the ropes and brought the snake over. Mm. And it was supposed to just be a bite. Yeah. But because the snake is so fucking riled up and terrified. Yeah, and it just it got fucking bitch bite, slapped. It got bitch slapped. <laughs> it bites into Randy. Yeah. And 
is locked yeah, in. It ain't letting go. So now he's, Jake was like, it's a live show. Yeah. And so everyone's freaking out. And Randy's screaming. Yeah. And but it's good for it, it, And there's footage of it. Like, the face, Macho Man's face, it's not, he's not acting. It's not acting. He's getting bitten <laughs> by a fucking King Cobra. A, a scared, angry Cobra. <laughs> no venom, but fucking a King Cobra is biting you. It's kind of like a trained bear. Yeah. Like, well, the bear's not going to kill you, but that bite's not going to feel great. <laughs> yeah. But the, sna- and the funny thing, when you watch the footage, and I've seen that footage so many times, but, you know, in context... When you, when you know the story, it's like, I don't know, it's even more colorful. Because yeah. uh, the crowd, I'm not here to speak ill of those who still love professional wrestling and did then, because yeah. I did, but I was also a child, yeah. so there's, there's a John. difference. John. Uh, <laughs> no cheese having fucking Sean. Um, looking for cheese on his bond meat. That's enough, that's enough. Um, but the crowd, they think everything's an act. Yeah. They think it's this is all just part of the show. But meanwhile, the two the two actors in the ring are like, oh, fuck. <laughs> now here comes Miss Elizabeth running down the aisle. Again, people in the stands, part of the show. Yeah. You can see the literal fear in her face. Yeah. So Jake's like, one minute passes. I'm trying to get this snake off. Ain't happening. <laughs> two, three more minutes. Not happening. Again, this is a live show. They cut to break, and then they really start trying to get this snake off. Not happening. <laughs> and I just, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, I've seen this a hundred times. But, but this is what would happen to Mick Schmear when they tried to do something over the top. Like, the one time <laughs> Mick, Mick got into a, an actual ring yeah. and was going to be the dupe, right? Gonna, yeah. he did, of course he's going to lose. Yeah. It's not like he's fighting Rodney. Right, so you're so you're going this where he's the victim. I was thinking you're going ferret direction. Like he he unleashed a ferret and it goes wrong. It could be, but I, I just think like when when it's kind of like I told you that story, our fictional story about the one time Mick got into a real WWF event, mm-hmm. but he was just subbing in for someone who missed a flight from Charlotte. <laughs> and before he tears both of his fucking groin muscles trying to do something over the top, they tell him we want to. You're going to be fighting Jake the Snake. And he's like, oh, shit. God damn. Yes. Like, he thinks this is it. Yeah. And Jake the Snake comes out with a King Cobra. And him being like, this is going to put me over the top. It's like, cool. And then this Cobra just eviscerates his left arm. And even though it has no venom, yeah. all the punctures and the minute amount of venom causes Mick to lose most of his muscle structure in his left arm for the rest of his life. Like, not... <laughs> Like, his arms never look right after that. Like, yeah. he, the right arm was never... He was never a super muscular guy yeah. to begin with. That's kind of the, the Mick Schmear thing. Good thing is, is my left arm, <laughs> my tugging hand's my right arm, so I can still tug. This one's been numb for years, which actually works out, too. It's nice, because if I do decide to beat off with the left hand, it's like a fucking stranger. Still, still callous, but nonetheless. Ain't, it wouldn't be my first calloused hand job. If I want to slide one of my own digits into my ass, but I don't want to feel that it's my digit, I can use my left hand. You know, because you can milk prostate. You can, Yourself. You can you can milk your own prostate. That's a thing you can do. <laughs> and if it weren't for that Jake the Snake match, which ultimately didn't launch my career, I wouldn't know these things. Just... Just caused severe nerve damage in my left arm. I was real excited. I was trying to. I was trying to decide whether or not to paint my face. You know, I was thinking about doing like a sting, like face paint, like old school. Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior, maybe. Vince, Vince shot it down. Ultimately, ended up just going with the the, the baseball the black lines <laughs> under your eyes, like you're a baseball player in the sun. In retrospect, I could have gone kind of a Comanche blood streak, but 
Either way, I mean, I still have my starlight pants. So. <laughs> Mixed up! Palsy claws. <laughs> Mick palsy claws. Mick palsy claws. <laughs> That's the shirt. Just Mick Schmear. Like, like he's in a picture where he wasn't quite ready for the photo to be snapped. This is, an ancient, this is an ancient martial art that I learned when I was over in uh, over in Brazil. What's it called? Palsy. <laughs> Palsy jujitsu. <laughs> Paul's jujitsu. Paul jujitsu. Paul jujitsu. Paul jujitsu. Oh, let's take a safe sex real quick. Safe sex time. <laughs> it puts me off when spice is so hot that you end up. Missing the flavor. Are you going to tell them what we ate? We already did. We had halal, guys. We had Muslim fast food. And I said during the meal, I said, I'm glad they decided to make a break for it when they did because they probably would not have made it in the George W. Bush yeah, era. if they had opened on, like, uh, October the 1st, 2011, it probably would have been a non-starter. 2001. Right. Yeah, Wrong I mean, terrorist attack. Yeah, halal, guys, it was a smart move to not try and franchise back in, like, 03. I don't think America would have been open to it. I just love the concept. Like I said, you look at their menu, you pretty much have eight options. Yeah. There's some combos you can do. Yeah. But you got eight options. They I have said this, I might not have said this on the pod. I, I do want to one day it's not like a dream, but I would like it to own a halal guys? No. To own a <laughs> that'd be funny. Let's just have one of halal guys together. I am sure there's plenty of white people that have franchised a halal guys. Let's ride that train. But um It's like Chick-fil-A, you have to be a deacon in your in your uh, in, what do they call uh, in your mosque? You have to be a mosque deacon. Imam. You have to be a mosque uh, you have to be an imam in your local mosque yeah. to own a halal guys. But I do want to own a restaurant. You know, like a small French bistro would be my dream. And me and Leah talked about this from time to time. But my thing is, like, there's nothing more frustrating. It gets back to that line I've, I'm pretty sure I've discussed on the pod before where Jerry takes Jerry Seinfeld on Comedians in Cars takes Will Ferrell to go to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And Will Ferrell's looking at the menu. He said, you know how a restaurant's good when it has six pages on its menu. <laughs> yeah. And it's the old Cheesecake Factory mindset. Of yeah. Like, we'll offer everything. Or if you go to, like, like, I like the Marietta Diner. Yeah. I do like that place. I think they make good food as long as you focus on a hand, like, select few things. Mm-hmm. But, like, having that kind of overwhelming yeah. presentation. Like, we of, don't like, need all this cake selection. Like, not it, yeah. And that's just, like, the desserts. Like, just make one cake. Like make, like, make a German chocolate cake, and that's today's cake. My thing is, like, if there's a menu that says... George's best paella, and then a page later has a Reuben. You know, it's like, huh? Yeah. yeah, that's weird. Whereas my dream is, and this is what Halal Guys has just mastered and doesn't seem to be ever wanting to get away from, is saying, this is what we do really well. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, it's not like Halal Guys does this menu becomes this explosive, mm-hmm. you know, hyper successful company, and says, you know what? Fast forward 10 years. So do you want a halal spicy chicken sandwich? <laughs> do you want us to add pickles and jalapeno jack cheese? <laughs> we also have the new spaghetti special. <laughs> oh, no. What, you, what happened? What you guys happened? Sell, did, you sell, did Trump buy this place? <laughs> What's your spaghetti policy here? <laughs> no, um. I love it. Like, they have chicken, they have beef, they have falafel. And you can have that in bowl or sandwich form, and you can have one of those meats and well, a lot what of I noticed, meat, they or won't, you can have two or you can have all three. They do they don't combo 
You can't do like a falafel with falafel combo and chicken. They can. It's on the. It's on Are the you menu. sure? Because yeah. I haven't seen that. It's on the Uber Eats menu. You I would have do, done that. You can do a falafel and chicken sandwich if you want Fuck to. Fuck my life. Uh, the beef was so good. I'm happy the beef with my was choice. Good. You can do falafel and beef. And if you, you can that, do falafel and chicken, if, you if, can do if, all three. If there was a barometer, they don't care. Like I'm not the type of dickhead that uses Yelp, but if there's a barometer for how good a restaurant, I, particularly a place that focuses on, I think, would you say they probably sell more sandwiches, more euros than they do. The actual like plates. I would think because it's portable. Portable and a heavy lunchtime traffic. Well, and their their origin is food cart. Nobody's yeah. nobody's nobody wants to do a food cart with a knife and fork. Not true. So I saw the doc, and I'm not trying to like be like you're wrong, but their documentary made it very clear from the start mm-hmm. that they like their first that set them apart was that you could come and get a plate. Mm. Like the box was of course like your to go yeah. box. Yeah. But you would come get a nice green salad with some tomatoes, some saffron rice, and your choice of protein. Mm. And that was like, because for those workers in the streets of New York, it was like you were saying, you had one option. Yeah. You get a wrap, a hot dog, something that comes. Get a dog. You got something that was transportable. Yeah. But they, these guys provided with, yeah, we can give you a euro with really great chicken, really great beef, really great falafel. But if you want like a what you would constitute as a full meal with yeah. greens, a little bit of it's pita like bread a, and a protein, like a, a, and some rice. It's in like an Italian takeout tin yeah. oil pan. That has the plastic top on it. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I just think that's – they're a good indicator that tells me that my concept for my restaurant is right and that I don't want 50 things on a menu. Yeah. I want to say this is the 10 to 12 things that we do – Really well. It's like the wing ranch. It's mostly wings. Well, that's different too. Because wings are. Yeah. If you I mean, want, that you've kind of you've already kind of uh, pigeonholed yourself when you open a wing a wing ranch. You could you could like I remember first time I went to, to the wing ranch. This is pre your time because mm-hmm. I know my ultimate pleasure is providing the fact that I turned you on to mm-hmm. the wing ranch. Yeah. But when I went there for the first time, when I eat fried wings, I feel I do feel a sense not guilt because that's a stupid word. I'm gonna eat them anyway. Yeah. But like fuck, every wing is like 150 calories, and I'm not eating three wings. Yeah, you know I'm gonna eat 12, 15 to 20. <laughs> you know I'm gonna take my my yeah. caloric intake will be enough for like a starving human over six days. Yeah. Did so, you know that that's why Taco Max sauce like that's their their claim that's their thing. I couldn't figure low out low calorie sauces. I couldn't figure out why the fuck I hate Taco Max sauce so much because it doesn't I, have any taste. I read online once <laughs> there's no fat. Yeah. Like there's no fat content. So like your traditional wing sauce is going to have butter. butter. Yeah. Or if you're doing a healthy one, you might be able to substitute co- coconut or olive oil, some sort of fat. Mm-hmm. The Taco Mac original recipe wing sauce has no fat ingredient. It's just peppers and and not good. And not it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Well, so and I only say that to say now when we get Taco Mac to go, I ask for my wings plain. I take them home and I put them make in the your oven own sauce. and I make my own sauce. Yeah, of course, with That's fucking right. butter, like a fucking person. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> Fuck you, Taco. <laughs> Fuck you. But the first time I went to the Wing Ranch, the I was like, selection's okay. I was like, I've heard good things. Let me get twenty of the extra hot, extra crispy. Do you have a side salad? And the dude literally, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, really? Yeah. You don't have something that I can kind of, like... I can give you extra fries. Extra fries? You want some celery? You want a corn dog? (laughs) I can put more carrots and celery in the box if you want. He literally, like, chuckled. Like, I had asked him something erroneous. I was like, you should probably keep... Like, how... 
you're a restaurant owner. How much does it really like? You can go to Costco and buy twelve heads of lettuce, well, a mean, carrot, a carrot, and some cucumber. Right? No, no, no. I'm saying the thing about uh, margins, right, are yeah. everything in that business. Yeah. So like, you go to Costco, you buy in bulk on this salad just to try it for a day. Yeah. And you put it on the special. We made a house salad, which we all know. It's kind of like buying a house salad at a pizza joint. Family Guy had a really funny quip about it. You know how they do those little sidebars that yeah. have nothing to do with the episode? Yeah. They were like, this is as bad as that, that salad I got from the pizzeria. And it's like two Italian guys. Oh, you want a pepperoni? Pepperoni? Okay, okay. What else you want? House salad? Oh, shit. And he, like, covers the phone. He's like, how to make a house salad? And he's like, how do we do? We just take the end of this celery. We cut like just throwing yeah. shit into a bowl, like the yeah. end of a piece of iceberg lettuce. That yeah. hard, compact, not part of the salad. Yeah, everybody got that salad for was just giant pieces <laughs> of red onion and like a tomato that's been halved <laughs> or quartered if you're lucky. It's not even edible. Yeah, I can't eat this. You just get chunks of vegetable and iceberg lettuce. But the margins are incredible. Yeah. Because you go buy that shit in bulk, you build little tiny salads, you put them in your refrigerator mm-hmm. so they're ready to go, yeah. and you charge three ninety nine for a little side salad. Yeah. The most expensive thing to you is whatever dressing they ask for. That's more expensive, probably the grand total of the salad itself. Yeah. But so you come in, you buy what amounts to a dollar, you charge three ninety nine. Why would you not do that? Yeah. But anyways, we're getting... Well, in terms of roughage at a wing place, you're covered with the carrots and the celery <sighs> if you're just looking for some, some roughage to go... Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't it function later. the same. Celery does... If anything, celery does nothing for you. I mean, it is roughage. I don't want to throw shade at celery because it does clean you out. But it's 97% water, so it's really more like hydrating than yeah. it is... Well, you got <sighs> at Wing Ranch, they do the baby carrot, too. And that's there's roughage there, too, for show. Does that clean you out? Oh, yeah. Any raw vegetable is good for you. Any fibrous raw root vegetable or green vegetable, totally. You know, when we started this a little while ago, I said this is definitely better than last week. I'm starting to think it's probably not. <laughs> it's more informative. It let out better than last week. It's more informative. We haven't. I did tell you, we. Um, I did I did a this day in history. We need to do a word of the week. We, we, I, I, I have that as well. Okay, good. I came prepared to today's show. But while I'm searching for where I pigeonholed my word of the day, today in history, do you have any idea of what happened today in history? No, and it's not related. I am curious, just based on your knowledge of the film, do you know where we are right now? Like, Can you give us like some kickboxer <coughs> Frank Duke's backstory? Yeah, so they <laughs> they went to Race Wars is coming up, which is kind of like the, nice. uh, the pinnacle know, of this story. You know too much about this movie. <laughs> Hate me if you must. This needs to be the. This needs to be how we decide what movie to so watch this, each week. This, is it terrible? Yes. Do you know a lot about it? Yes. Uh, yes. That, and that's the movie. So this is the car that they built from the ground up. Yeah. That's they had really all the cool. parts shop shipped over from Japan. So now this is his hundred thousand dollar car. Mm. Right. That's how much it took to to build this fucking piece of shit. You think what you could do for a hundred thousand dollars? That looks like a fucking eclipse. Because it is. <laughs> So, you know, here he is facing off against a Lambo, or a Ferrari, I should say, and he's going to take it on. <laughs> Anywho. More than you can afford, so they, it's a Ferrari. they went and did some recon work at Johnny Tran's place to find out, you know, what's he going to be racing with at Race Wars? What can mm-hmm. they expect? What, what Brian Earl Spilner was actually doing was looking for evidence that Johnny Tran 
is the the main hijacker. Right, he's looking for hijackers. And he gets just enough evidence that might tell him that he is the hijacker. Yeah. So where he and now he's buddied up with Vin Diesel and their crew. This is classic Point Break. Mm-hmm. You you. It's Stockholm Syndrome. You're looking for bank robbers. You're certain it's Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the other violent dudes. Then you come to find out it's not. It's your friends. It's actually your crew who are actually uh, spiritual and enlightened and and the best friends you've ever had since probably childhood. Yeah. And you know now you got to take down Reagan and Nixon and LBJ. Well, Brian Earl Spilner's mistake. I love Point Break so much. I know you do. We should watch it. I haven't seen it. You could play the role of me. It's so good. when we do it. I I could t- so, take you through line by line. Did you want to hear this fucking shit or not? Do you <laughs> want to run through? Dong. Tea back. So. Brian Earl Spillner wants to cast all the blame to Johnny Tran's crew to point break protect Vin Diesel and his crew. Mm. So he sets up the big sting operation. The FBI kicks in Johnny Tran's door while his parents are there. And you know how the Asian culture is very, um, you know, you look up to your parents, your parents are your honor. And so he's just... Dis- the shame. Mm-hmm. So Does at, he know as, as, as Johnny, can't, Johnny Tran is being... Uh, Investigated and of course arrested during the FBI, um, they kick in his door. Mm-hmm. His parents are there, and so they arrest him. And the dad slaps him in this big emotional moment where now Johnny Tran, the great, you know, ringleader of trouble, has now lost his parents. So he's super pissed. Does uh, a below Paul Walker know that it's that he's not the bad guy? And he's they they do find out that nothing about that raid has come to fruition. Mm. It's not produced any evidence that ch- ties Johnny Tran. All, all, the, all is, the things what? that made him report to the FBI uh-huh. that said this might be our guy, they come back and say, nope, everything was legally bought. Yeah. So my then they try is, to tell him it's clearly Gino. My question is, was Paul? did Paul Walker know? Was he falsifying it all to protect Vin Diesel? Does he know? No, he's he's, it's him? like you said with Point Break. He's just convinced himself yeah. that... That Patrick There's, Swayze's way too cool to be a bank robber. And Vin Diesel is not robbing trucks. Yeah. Yeah. But now he sees the error of his ways, and he's starting to understand that Gino Toretta, a.k.a. Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. is, in fact, the leader of this uh, group of, 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 of uh, what, what's the car, or truck jackings. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, apologies to Vin <coughs> Diesel. You, sir, are no Patrick Swayze. <laughs> You know what's funny? I just saw, um, two, two three weeks ago, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time. Fantastic movie. Really, really good. Yeah. I was, I'm not into this whole Marvel thing. I, I think they've made good movies. We've talked about this, I think. Yeah. I think they make good films. I but I, I was, as far as Marvel films go, the Guardians movies are they're They're hands down the best I've seen. But I get all the way into this movie. I didn't watch the credits. I wasn't, paying attention to mm-hmm. the credits. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, of course Groot's your favorite. Oh, yeah, I know where you're You know? Yeah. And then, of course, Groot dies. Yeah. And then little Groot, you know, they kind of tease you with yeah. little Groot. And then, so I was like, damn, that was good. And they start showing credits. And I was like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Vin Diesel was it's Groot? Best, it's his best It's work. his best film. Yeah. He should have gotten an Academy Award for that. And what's funny is it's not like he went into a recording studio and recorded it once and they just looped it. He, he did it. He did it. Yeah. Shot for shot, line for line, 
gave it different different intonations. I am Groot. Different, he like like he's, I am Groot. He's, he's in the box. He's in the box. Like whole film's playing out, and he's doing it scene for scene, line for line, same same fucking sentence. So then, that was like okay, then yeah. It's a money grab. If you ask me, Bradley Cooper deserves some sort of fucking award because the the life he brings to Raccoon the Rocket the Raccoon. When with, I listen, with the voiceover, I'm not trying to cut you off, but when I so uh, having having good. seen like the two and then the first of the Infinity Wars now, I haven't yeah. seen the one that just came out. Yeah, because yeah, they're all on Netflix. Now, they're breaking they're, box office records left yeah. and right. But I haven't seen the second one. I did watch Infinity Wars, and keep in mind, I haven't seen any of the Captain Americas. I haven't seen any of the Ant Mans. I haven't seen. Yeah. It, I haven't seen but one of the Avengers films. So I, I'm a little bit behind the eight ball. But as far as when the, I when I watched Rocket, and he, of course he become him and Groot are the two you love the most. You're like, damn, Bradley Cooper is an incredible voice actor. He's bringing it. Like he he literally like it's a shame he hasn't been you, given. You an can't award. tell that that's Bradley Cooper though. Right, and it's not. He's not just doing a voice. Like he, he brings that fucking uh, CGI character to life way more than anybody else has ever done before. And I love the fact he t- he he wants people's eyes and and their artificial limbs, <laughs> not for any like purpose. Yeah. He just yeah. wants them. But I went. So I watched the first one. It was really good. Went back and watched the second one, and I was like, "This is really good." And I loved Young Groot, and I love the fact that. There's even a wrestling connection. Bautista's incredible uh, fucking, in this. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, but his, his, he's a wrestler. Fact, yeah, well, the fact that he gets no... He does not have a sense of humor. <laughs> I have famously large turds. <laughs> like, his, those movies are so fucking... I'm so pumped for them. I have learned to be invisible. We see you. It's just... It's like, you're not invisible. Yeah. But anyways, watch the second one. Little Groot's so cool. Then you watch... Infinity Wars, it's and like you're like, teenager. God damn it! Why do they continuously kill Groot? I don't understand this. It's <laughs> like, I'm sorry to be a. Or if you haven't seen it, yeah, that sucks. What I just said, but it's just like, why? Yeah. Why? Like you've already killed Groot. Oh once. yeah, because of the Infinity Stone. Yeah, thing but it's like everyone Thanos. dies, kind of. Yeah. But like, come on, why Groot? I do think that they all come back in the one that we haven't seen yet. Uh, I did because one because I just generally don't. I'm not that invested. Yeah, I, do I, did, that. I did ask Sean because he went and saw, saw it like the two days after it came out, the Infinity War one. Yeah, and he was like, "Dude, it was crazy because people were in the theater like crying, mm-hmm. and people are dying. Well, All the people are dying." And spoiler it, alert: Iron Man dies in the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. So I asked him. You know, I was like, "I'm going to watch it now that I'm kind of on board with this." Also, the fact that you can bring back Kurt Russell in the mm. second one and make him look so young. Yeah. Remember that opening scene where yeah. she, oh, Brandy. Yep. What if I, I was like, dude, that's Kurt Russell. But yeah. I was like, in my head, I was like, is it? <laughs> yeah. Because he's old. Yeah. And like, shit, the that's stuff like we Russell can. from 30 years ago. Like, the stuff we can do with movies now is, is fucking incredible. Can yeah. we get like Tom Hanks in a film, but like, have him like splash? Yeah. You know? Can we remake Big <laughs> with Tom Hanks? <laughs> Just do the whole movie over again. Yeah. And we'll get the kid, too. We'll make him look young also. What a pitch. Yeah. What a pitch. Okay, here's our here's our thought. Um, we're thinking big, and the person's like, like, like big? No, no, like big. We're just going to do the whole movie word for word yeah. over again. Yeah. We'll get the same Do kid. we bring back Tom Hanks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we bring back Tom Hanks. We bring back his little kid best friend. We bring back the woman that he loses his virginity to. Elizabeth Berkeley. We can't bring back John Hurt. He died. But we'll find somebody. <laughs> um, Who 
Who's that redheaded friend of his? We'll find him too. And the the old man who actually runs the toy store that they do the piano. He's dead too. But well, <laughs> the people who aren't dead will recast. But everyone who is still alive, we're just gonna do Kurt Russell Guardians of the Galaxy two CGI on, and we're just gonna make big again. So we're gonna remake big. No, we're going to make big again. It's not a remake. We're making it again. Okay, let me stop you there. I like it. But what I'm thinking is we do a splice piece. We'll do big slash splash. <laughs> we'll somehow roll a mermaid into the big storyline. Yeah. Thoughts? Listen, so long as we have a trampoline <laughs> and a Pepsi vending machine and an inflatable dinosaur and bunk beds, I'm fine. I don't care. Big is such a good movie. <laughs> I don't care what people say. In fact, like, Tom Hanks gets lauded for some of the amazing work he's done. Whether yeah. it's like Saving Private Ryan, Castaway, Philadelphia. Like, he's done amazing, yeah. amazing work. But some of those 80s movies, I think, are his best work. Big. Splash. The Burbs. Joe vs. the Volcano was one of the first movies I remember watching as a kid. Turner and Hooch, which we've done on this Black show. And Turner and Hooch. I mean, Hooch! You, you can go down the line of these late 80s, early 90s Tom Hanks films mm-hmm. and just be like, yeah, Saving Private Ryan was good. Philadelphia AIDS, I get it. These are better works. This is yeah. better work. <laughs> so you want to remake Big? No, we want to make Big again. <laughs> line for line? Yeah. Absolutely. We want to make the movie over. Absolutely. With the same people. <laughs> And, you know, with the Tupac hologram technology, perhaps we could just hologram John Hurd and the old man who owns the toy company. It's not impossible. His name was Robert Maggio. Is he the guy from 12 Angry Men? No, but he was... Oh, yeah, uh, uh, um, no. Independence Day. It was uh, Robert uh, Deloja. I think was that sounds name. right. Yeah, he was in Armed and Dangerous with John Candy. Well, I always think of him in in the Robert Loja. That's his name. In, in uh, Independence Day, he yeah. was the the colonel. Yeah, and they actually brought him back for the second one, mm-hmm. but he died during filming. But not he just in time for him to make a cameo role where Bill he's Pol- in Scarface. Yes, yeah. where Bill but in in the second Independence Day, which people think is garbage, I enjoyed it. Yeah. He, they're doing the the twenty fifth anniversary. Like they, everyone comes to Washington, and they, they do a big thing, and they're like the female president, <laughs> right? Uh, she's introduced, and here are the heroes from the first war, and here's General. Now he's a general. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name was in the movie. And they, and Robert Lozier. <laughs> they should have used his real name. No one would remember what his name was from the first one. But they, you know, he does like a little thing, and then. As she's talking, here comes Bill Pullman. Mm-hmm. Not supposed to be there. Not Bill Paxton. <laughs> R.I.P. But here comes Bill Pullman. He just walks onto the stage and like, oh, here's President. I can't remember what his name was either. But he comes Bill out. Bill Pullman. And there's a moment where them two look at each other, and there's this awareness that like this ain't over. Yeah. And then the aliens do come back, and it gets all crazy in that moment. But I I remember thinking like, there's Robert Loggia, like. He died, like, during filming. Yeah. So what a shot. Yeah. Y'all got lucky enough to wheel this man on stage, get him to stand up for a second. You got your shot, and then he died. Robert Loja is in Armed and Dangerous with John Candy and Eugene Levy and Tiny Tim Lister. I'm going to drop a little another one on you. Robert Loja was the grandfather from Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah. he was the one trying to tell you, like, stop competing in this contest and I'll give you that brand new 24 wheel, or what? how many wheels? 18? Does? 18 wheels, sorry. And, of course, Sylvester turns it down, goes on he to win the contest. Backwards. You see the new Rambo? No. Yeah. It's back. <laughs> it's called Last Blood, and it's Rambo apparently lives somewhere in the Midwest and somehow... Pisses off. Is Dolph Lundgren in it? Oh, only way it could be better. Because he is. Dolph Lundgren is in two, if not all three of the Expendables. Uh, Expendable movies. I don't think he's in this one because they're trying to take this on a serious vein. But this, I saw the preview and I was like, I'm not going to go to the theaters. I'll certainly watch it. But apparently, somehow, <laughs> ancient Rambo, who now lives, like I said, in cornfields in the middle of fucking Iowa somewhere. Yeah. Has pissed off what I can't I can't surmise. He's currently you know on bed rest from having his prostate <laughs> removed. <laughs> Type two diabetic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know exactly what the premise is, but I know that somehow, whether it's an old beef or something new happened, it looks like he pisses off some form of cartel, which makes sense on a timeline scale. Like you, you can't go back to Vietnam right. with seventy-five-year-old Sylvester Stallone. But you can somehow piss off a Mexican cartel who then shows right. up. So then the whole preview is like a series of watching Rambo, even at his advanced age, can still set up some really elaborate booby traps. Yeah. So that's a thing. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Well, I mean, he's got more focus now because he doesn't have a prostate anymore. So he's not distracted by erections. That's very true. <laughs> and on a serious loop... <laughs> I, did, I, took a, I took and taught a little bit of a class some years ago about the dichotomy between Vietnam representation and film. Mm-hmm. So, like, at the start of the Vietnam War, you have John Wayne in, yeah. the, in the Green Berets. Yeah. So, John Wayne's at the twilight of his career. Yeah, that's like the Sands of Iwo Jima film type where they're glorifying... Right, but it, got, it, was actually, it was actually deeper than that because when they started doing the research, they found that the Green Berets... The film itself, which is early days of Vietnam, uh, was financed by the Pentagon. Mm. This is literally it's like a propaganda film. It is a propaganda film that was designed to soften. Is the government knew instinctively that the Vietnam War was not going to be widely accepted by the American public. So their answer to that was to finance a film. Yeah. And who do we put in it? John Wayne, yeah. of course the most American of actors at that time. Whenever and, you say Green Beret, I always think of the movie Commando when he gets in the fist fight with the black guy from Predator. He says, this Green Beret is going to kick your fucking ass. Carl Weathers? No, not, no, the other guy. The, oh, yeah, yeah, The yeah. guy that dry shaves yeah, yeah, Predator. Yeah, yeah. I don't know his name. And then Schwarzenegger says, I eat Green Berets for breakfast. <laughs> of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> well, so we would show, we, we would do a screening. So you watch the Green Beret and we'd, when it was over, we kind of questioned the audience. So, how, what, what do you think the message? How do you was feel here? about the Vietnam War right now? Right now, and what's really funny was this is an academic setting. This is intelligent people. These are professors and doctors. So you watch that film, and you have your takeaway from it, and then we show this kind of gradualization towards Rambo. Oh, I was hoping you were going to land on Hamburger Hill. Well, th- we got there. <laughs> yeah, Hamburger Hill is definitely there. But Rambo was kind of the key one. Mm-hmm. And the Chuck Norris films, um, I mean, like seven of them. Well, it's funny we're talking about this because I heard somebody in an interview, probably on the Mark Maron podcast this week or the week before, 
he's a famous actor, I don't remember right now, but he was talking about how his older brother, two of his older brothers were both in Vietnam, and he said one of them came back and he was fine. The other one came back and he just never was the same. He said, and the one time I did get him to talk about it, he said, Vietnam was Hamburger Hill mm-hmm. every day. Just yeah. fucking relentless, death all around you, no explanation as to why. Just go take that spot over there, and we would, and then we would leave it. And they would come back. We would just we would die trying to take it. We would take it, and then we would be. We would leave. We would leave. They'd come back, and it, there'd be no reason to have ever there, done it at all. Yeah, there was. It was countless wives lives and wasted. I, we watched the movie. It's on HBO right now. If you want to watch it, it's actually really good. Called uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Mm. It's Jeff Bridges and a few other actors you'd recognize. There's a Vietnam sequence in it that's brief. It's a character backstory, and it's just showing all these dead Americans. And I didn't say at the time watching the movie because we're enjoying the movie, but I had the thought of, like, it's a shame to me that we don't, as a society, talk more often about just the total waste of life mm. that that movie, that, that that war was. Like, people talk about big, big, bad, evil Republican presidents sending you know, our boys off to, to die for the American war machine. It's like, there's no better example of that in real life than the fucking Vietnam War. Yeah. We had no reason to go there. No reason to, to fight that. I don't know what the body count is, but let's... 50,000. 50,000 American men died. That's dead, not casualties. Right. 50,000 American men died. And a, women. In a fucking... In a foreign country for no fucking reason. Yeah. Zero reason. No reason at all. And what the Green Beret film... This is so far removed from Fast and the Furious. They're robbing a truck right now. Yeah, they're robbing something. Um, <laughs> but the Green Berets, it, it, they you can literally see the Pentagon fingertip when they say it's. They make it very clear in that film that this is to stop communism. Yeah. This is the domino effect, as it was known then, which we now know to be a total fallacy. Yeah. But they 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 mark that out. So when you transition over to a film like Rambo. And even though Rambo is fucking ridiculous film, mm-hmm. I mean it's it's the Expendables' great grandfather. It's a nonsense film. Yeah. But it, what it does show you is this sense of like terrible violence that's unnecessary, where you have someone like John Rambo who wants to do the right thing, but loses his entire you know platoon mm-hmm. on his own, and now it's a story about survival and killing to survive. And killing for revenge. Yeah, that and highlights Brian Dennehy. Right, but that highlights like this, <laughs> like this path of like, how the hell do you get from John Wayne in the Green Berets to movies with John Rambo? Yeah, and 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 I wish I could remember the fucking films that there were so many of them where Chuck Norris was a prisoner Stolen of war Valor or something like that. It was all it was very it was all similar titles. He was a prisoner of war. Well, I talked about one a couple of weeks ago where he's a prisoner of war and they they tie the rat bag over his head and yeah. they keep him in holes in the ground. Well, it's kind of like shit. also Deer Hunter. So, like, I, I'm a connoisseur of good films. I, like, I'll go to the IFC list of top 100 films of all time and I pride myself on having seen 90 mm-hmm. of the top 100 films. I've seen Citizen Kane. Do I think it's the best film of all time? No, but it's a very good film. Yeah. In its time. Whereas, like... Yeah, no, the Pirates porno was way better. Way better. So much better. Um, but like you watch titties and Citizen Kane <laughs> <laughs> you watch these and you get on a list like Deer Hunter okay I haven't seen that one I know it won a bunch of Academy Awards and holy shit it's loaded John uh, or Robert De Niro um, 
what's the guy's name? The most impre- Walken. Christopher Walken. Yeah. You got a young um, Meryl Streep mm-hmm. who was like dating the director at the time. Yep. Um, and you watch that film, and it's like that's a tough one because it's like it shows normal human beings in industrial Pennsylvania. They're going to war, but there's what's really great about that film is that it shows them getting ready to go off to war as just young blue collar people. But there's no there's no like connector. Mm-hmm. Let me try to explain this. It's like you see the beginning, they're all drinking beer. They know they're going off to Vietnam to fight. Yeah. And that's like the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's no connecting piece that says like, here's basic training. Here's what happened when they were fighting. Here's where they started to change their opinion on a thing. Yeah. None of that happens. You literally transition over to the, oh, well, they've been captured. And now they're in a hut playing Russian roulette for yeah. these Viet, North Vietnamese Viet Cong. Yeah. And they're just, you know, put in a cage when they survive. If they don't survive, <laughs> the Vietnamese laugh. Yeah. And they escape. And then Christopher Walken goes missing. And it's like all about getting him back. It was just so choppy, but it's actually really good in that way. Yeah. But that's the last I'll say for that now. (laughs) (laughs) That's my Vietnam rant. As for this day in history, today was the day, the Tiananmen Square, Mm. where the Chinese people were pushing, mostly scientists, but thousands of them, were pushing for uh, democratic government in China. Yeah. And that famous image of the one person who has never been identified standing in front of that tank. Yeah. As the Chinese government ruthlessly slaughtered thousands of people. Did they drive over them? No. No. Not no. I don't. We don't. No one knows who that person. That person is a hundred percent dead. Yeah. Whether whether it was from natural causes yesterday, mm-hmm. or probably the same day. It's topical, you know. I like how we lead out the show with a good tuna salad recipe, and then you pivot <laughs> to Tiananmen Square. Tuna and Tiananmen. <laughs> name of the show. <laughs> It's not as good as Susie Sally's Quinceanera, but the episode is better. You know, in hindsight, Rage Against the Machine should have used a picture of a tuna salad sandwich <laughs> as an album cover. <laughs> just saying. Instead of the burning yeah. Buddhist monk, yeah. yeah. What a way to go. Think about set yourself on fire. Think about the conviction. Yeah. You're like people want to protest. People like to abstain from like uh, if you're gay. And you make a hard stance, say, I'm not eating Chick-fil-A anymore. I know it's really good, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat Chick-fil-A anymore. Yeah. And they think of themselves as a social activist, as a protester. Okay, you've taken a mild, very vanilla stand to yeah. say that you won't eat a fried chicken sandwich anymore. Mm-hmm. That's very heroic. But can you imagine the, con- you set yourself on fire? the conviction yeah. to say, I'm going to kill myself. I'm a Buddhist monk. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to hang myself. I'm not going to shoot myself. I'm going to douse myself in kerosene and light myself on fire. And then I'm going to assume the lotus position. And not make a scream. And just peacefully die while I burn How? That's always been my question about it. It's like the the eyewitnesses say they they made nary a sound. Yeah. Like they're sitting, you know, crisscross applesauce, because we can't say Indian style Mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah, that's... that's, It's just a blaze. Fucking cooking. Like, there's no putting them out. They soak themselves in kerosene. And, yeah, just, like, sitting there in the fucking, like, lotus position, just burning alive. It's like, holy shit. What were they protesting? Vietnam War. Oh, it all comes back around. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, it was worth it because once we won that one, oh, wait, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites, uh, stop me if I've said it on there, uh, that my, my college advisor and lady I taught with, her sister was like the cultural attache mm-hmm. um, to Vietnam. She was like high up God, in the government. I was hoping you were going to say Greece and then we could go on a fucking birdcage tangent. No. It, I don't think it was cultural. It was more poli- it was more political. She, she worked in the American embassy. It was a real job. Yeah. But my teacher went over there to visit quite a few times. She actually brought me back a pretty interesting gift. It, it's a, you ever heard of Tiger Beer? It's a Vietnamese brand of beer. You, no. can, you can find them here if you go to an eclectic liquor store, like a Cost Plus World Market maybe right. or something like that. But it's just shitty. It's their equivalent. It's a, it's a, you know what it is? It's a Vietnamese equivalent of Budweiser. Okay. Not great beer, but on a hot day, which it always is in <laughs> Vietnam, it's a good beer. Yeah. But over there, it's funny how they, they're this communist. Really, they're more capitalist than they are communist now, but technically still communist. But so they, we didn't stop it? No. They, well worth it. They, these street vendors know exactly what to sell Americans, right? So they take these empty tiger aluminum cans and they craft F-35 jets. They -hmm. make little American jets out of the aluminum cans. And I have one at the house. It's like, holy shit. Well, that's so smart. Americans are coming. (laughs) Make, take the tiger beer cans and make it into jets. (laughs) Does this remind you of all the death and suffering? Yeah, a little, but fuck it. We'll sell them for 10 bucks. (laughs) This has got months worth of food here. But she was over there, and they go to the the war museum that's in Saigon, or now Ho Chi Minh City. And this museum highlights a thousand years of warfare. Mm -hmm. And it's in a a loop. They do it on the wall as a museum piece. So it's like 800 years of Vietnam's struggle against China to remain autonomous. You have said this, but continue. Yeah, and then you get over there, and it's like, okay, and then there's like 80 years of French domination. Mm-hmm. And then this teeny tiny little sliver yeah. is Vietnam. Yeah. Because to them, it's like, mm, we've been doing this for a thousand years. Yeah. What is 12? Yeah. And it, frankly, it wasn't that hard to beat you guys. <laughs> we just dug a lot of holes. Yeah. Dug a lot of holes. And you had no reason to be here. Did I tell you? So they're, yeah. They're, and they're one of their generals who is kind of highlighted in the We Were Soldiers movie with Mel Gibson. Um, which doesn't tell the whole story, that of course. That movie, fucking Sam Elliott with no mustache to this day. It Bothers the, you? It wears me the fuck out. He was the best player. He was the best guy to cast as Sergeant Basil Plumley, though. It's not even a. It's doubt like when I sent you that picture of Hogan clean shaven. It's just like fucking. It's I weird. Can't, I yeah. can't unsee that. But Joe Joe Glenn Dwight was the leader. Was the general that faced off against Hal Moore, aka Mel Gibson, in that film. <laughs> And he survives the entirety. He's there till the end. It was his idea to do a pincer move when they hit Saigon. I mean, he he come for he comes full circle. Yeah. And in 1990, relationships open up again because they went quiet, of course, for 15 years. There was no economic or social. There's nothing going on between America and Vietnam. And in the early 90s, they we we was re- that because we were butt hurt. Yeah, it's it was American butt hurtedness because yeah. the Vietnamese would have been happy in 1976. Said, so "Come on back." Yeah. 
it's all good. It's all good. Little fight, no we big still deal. Got, we, get, we still got whores and baskets. We we're can still put them on your dick. I know y'all came here for rubber and aluminum because we're the world's biggest supplier. We still have that. We're just gonna sell it to you now. I'm not gonna let you take it. You got lots of heroin. Lots of heroin. <laughs> oh boy, ask your soldiers about it. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that aren't dying for AIDS, we gave them that too. You can thank us for AIDS. <laughs> And venereal disease. Uh, but speaking of which, if you want somebody to spin this bitch on, a, on your dick <laughs> in a basket, where you, where they got to come? So, so, relationships open up, and all these old colonels and generals and lieutenants are coming back to Vietnam, and they're meeting their old adversaries, and one of these guys says to Joe Gingwap, you know, if you guys had ever faced off, a, uh, you know, mano a mano in the open field, we would have won. And here's... Joe Gunduop saying, he just grabs his belt buckle and says, that is true. But it's also, what did he say? It's also, uh, what's the word for like meaningless? Meaningless? It's eh, not the word he used though. He's like, yeah, if we had faced off with you in open battle, we would have lost. That's true. But it's also like meaningless. Yeah. Because that's not, we did what we did and look at the outcome. Yeah. It's yeah, like the opening. If I was that Vietnamese general, like, you know how you won the, you know, the, the wars you did by, you know, sort of stealing the Native American moves. <laughs> the fucking British are used to just lining up like fucking idiots and taking shots at each other until one side's left standing, and you're like, oh no, we're gonna hide in the trees and fucking kill people from the side. Mm-hmm. And we just figured we'd dig a hole. <laughs> Look how that turned out. Irrelevant. That's the word. He Uh-oh. said, it's true, but it's also irrelevant because you lost the war. Yeah. Because you chose to try to do this open air pitch battles. Yeah. We're not going to do that. Yeah. We're not. We're not, we're not. we're not. We're not fucking Japs. But I think of it. In World War II. I think we're Vietnamese. The, I know you've heard of the people's, <laughs> the people's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. His chapter on Vietnam is the most powerful thing I've ever read because it opens up with for, for 12 years, mm-hmm. the world's most advanced, innovative, mechanically sound society made war on one of the world's poorest third world country backwaters and lost. Yeah. Like the concept of that, of the great, powerful, mighty green killing machine that is the United States of America, just Mm -hmm. choosing to go to Vietnam, this tiny little place where by all metric standards should have gone in and just sweep the floor. This little teeny tiny peasant country mm. brought America to its knees. <laughs> and not by doing anything all that spectacular other yeah. than just, yeah, we'll fight you here. Or we'll die. I mean, because if you look at body count, that's how that's how victory was determined. It was the first time really in modern warfare that I can recall where body count was the decisive factor of who won a battle. Mm-hmm. So if you look at body count, the Americans were killing four to five for every one they lost. Right. Sometimes ten to one for what they lost. That's, I mean, those numbers would spell out, you're doing a good job. But what that didn't really tell you was like, mm, we'll get more. Yeah. And we'll put them underground. Oh, also, we have like an army of women coming down the Ho Chi Minh Trail. <laughs> like every night. They would bomb the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Next day, these guys would come back, like the GIs would come back, and we hit this place with every pound of bomb possible. Yeah. You come back, we expected to see just just nothing, just just explosives everywhere, you know, chewed up ground, totally unusable. And like we come back twelve hours later, it was it was like we hadn't even been there. These fuckers would come at, come in at night, say that sucked. All right, rebuild. Yeah, and just the flow kept coming. What's uh, what's the word of the week for Ooh. RBK? Let's pivot away from Nam. 
Viet fucking Nam. Uh, let's see. Here. I mean, if anything, Vietnam gave us Forrest Gump. That's what I'll say. Mm. So this was a big one. Amalgamate. <laughs> Amalgamate. Do you know the meaning? Uh, no, I don't. I know. Uh, I've heard the word. I, uh, I could probably so surmise the meaning. A M A L G A M A T E. Amalgamate. Well, I'll just say I know the word amalgamation. The definition is to unite in or as if in a mixture of elements, especially right. to merge into a single body. Right. So I've heard amalgamation used before. In, For in metal ter- work. In terms of like a collection. Yeah. Uh, a collective, rather. So You hear um, that word more often used with metal work, where you're blending, like not necessarily sword making like a nerd, but you're right. blending cast metals to create. Uh, sword makers, please continue <laughs> to listen. The noun amalgam derives, by the way, the Middle French from medieval, medieval Latin amalgama. So, yes, it's an interesting word. I, so I was just going to go with something like smegma, but amalgamate is good, too. So, for, like, RBK, <laughs> put really more banks. It's like if you were cooking. Well, said he's learning just as much. Yeah, if you're, if you're cooking and you're combining two ingredients to create a harmonious whole, mm-hmm. you've amalgamated. Yeah. You know? If you want to make fancy sauce, yeah. you take ketchup, and you take uh, mayonnaise, and you amalgamate. Right. And you create fancy sauce. Or if you wanted to go with my word of the week, smegma, you just pull your foreskin back and... Is there a word <laughs> that can just really <laughs> nail home how fucking disgusting something is than smegma? My dad used to say that word. under your dick skin. My dad used to say that word. Dick skin goo. And I thought it was something he made up. I did not know that schmegma was a real word. <laughs> you know, it's dick skin goo. It's especially for uncut guys. That's why they say if you're uncut, you gotta you gotta make sure you wash your dick real good when you're in the shower. You'll get a nice buildup of smegma. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, just oh, smegma. Who are you texting? Uh, cheese eating Sean. Mm. He asked me a question about something work related. How does he handle smegma? I don't know. It's not something we, in all of our 20 years of friendship, I've never said, hey, Sean, what's the smegma situation like? <laughs> Sean, are you cut or uncut? Do you ever, this is, this. let's go full weird with it. And then we'll, we don't have to end on it per se. Should we call him and see if he's cut or uncut? Well, that's where I'm headed. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call him. <laughs> I'm not gonna call him. But do you ever like wonder in your circle of friends? Who's circumcised? Like who, who's cut and who's uncut here? Uh, I haven't before, but now that you're bringing it up, I, I, I am. But also, as the years have gone on, like, it occurred to me the other day, like, and this isn't a negative, but, like, my wife has sort of assumed the role of my best friend as the years have gone on. Because most of my guy friends have moved to other cities and states. We've lost touch. We stay in contact here and there. But in terms of, like, like making time to go hang out with people... I don't really have anybody I do that with anymore because most of them have moved away. And at 32 with kids, when I work with my dad and one other guy, it's not like I'm making friends at work. So the few guys I do hang out with, I don't know as well as I did my close circle back in the day. Mm. But if I had to guess, I would assume most of them are cut. Mm. And maybe one or two. Ooh, there's one guy who I, th- I would be willing to bet is not. Yeah, I guess for me, it's like, here's a funny one. Uh... You know, no one ever likes to think, well, some guys are better at it than others, but no one ever likes to, like, spend too much time thinking about what your girlfriend or wife used to experience, mm-hmm. if you follow my drift. Yeah. Like, you don't want to think about any other penis other than your own. 
penetrating your wife? I know that you're more easygoing about this than most. Well, I mean, it's if, if you were to follow the sort of perfect guideline, wait till you're married to have sex, Christian not, rule. Not at all what I'm saying. I'm, what I'm saying is you could end up, if, if you have a woman who, as your wife, who's never seen another dick, she's might be very bad at handling yours. That's very true. Whereas if you marry a woman who has been around some dicks, yeah. she knows exactly what yeah, to do. And that's also true, but I personally am not someone who likes to think it's like, like the classic I'm so, of bittersweet. No, no, it's kind of like, yeah, everyone <laughs> wants to, you want to marry the equivalent of a major league woman. Yeah. Like someone who is in the majors. Yeah. Knows exactly what to do with that baseball and that bat. Yeah. But you don't want to think about the time she spent in the minors learning that. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, like I, I don't want to think about I don't yeah. want to think about her six year journey up to triple A, <laughs> dealing with some single A penises, yeah, and some double A just okay penises, yeah, and then triple A she's really getting the swing of it now. But just in terms, the of big club starting to pay attention now. <laughs> but to echo your sentiments <clears throat> from the beginning of the show, where you can't say that as a white man, it it occurred to me at one point like if I had stats on you know you know pussies eaten. Mm. I'd be proud of those because I'm really? a dude. You know what I'm saying? I've always found people that talk about pussy eating generally. Well, not pussy eating specifically, don't, but I'm don't saying offer the, much else. I'm saying even within a, a married relationship, it's a double standard because you might look at your sexual sexual exploits prior to marriage as like a badge of honor of like all the chicks I've boned. Or, <laughs> but then when you start talking about your wife's preview, you're like, I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, that's you're you're not wrong at all. So I think there I, is. A, I, at well, some point, it's I not, had like, to realize it's not like, like I ever volunteered that information. It wasn't like, hey, Leah, let me tell you about this time. Well, no. There's this one night, a fucking bone, this redhead, <laughs> just came all I over. Spread that Dude. shit and flicked the bean with my tongue. <laughs> she no. she was more lippy than I usually like, as far as the of vagina. Of course, married couples aren't sitting around doing that. But what I'm saying is, when you say I don't like thinking about the sexual exploits prior to mine. That's that. While that's true, you have to put it into context of well, I had sexual exploits prior to hers. Well, that's true, but also you got to think like I didn't have that many sexual exploits <laughs> prior. Well, well, I didn't either because I was, What's a, funny, I was a fucking loser. Well, we both did the church thing. <laughs> we, we were both did the church thing. Yeah. I think we were. I, I I've often told her because we were early in dating, and this is getting back to the point I was talking about with circus vision. I promise. <laughs> but we were early dating, and we were laying in bed, and. Uh, uh, I don't know what brought it up. She's like, do you want to know my number? And I was like, no. Yeah. I, I was just, no. And I thought that was me being the most adult I could have been. Like, of course I'm interested. Yeah. But I don't want to know the number. Yeah. Especially when you frame it like, do you want to know my number? Because mm. that means like, hmm. <laughs> are we talking like... What are you, writing it in a journal? <laughs> is there, if I go behind the bed, is there like a fucking carved in... <laughs> Like, you know, numbers and like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. Is that what those notches are in the bathroom? <laughs> what if your belt has notches all in it, like Bill the Butcher? Or that, not the Bill the Butcher, but the dude he beats to death. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I know you're talking um, about. I was like, no. She's like, well, I just have to tell you. And, I was like, oh, just, uh, and she did. And I was like, oh, it's not bad. Yeah. But the thing is, like, the then it kind of leads into other conversations and, like, I don't remember what it was, but the, the previous boyfriend, who technically she was with when we started right. communicating, she, he was like, he, he was a, an uncircumcised. 
And I was like, what the fuck are you telling me this for? So now, yeah. to this day, if, I, if I'm if i home alone mm-hmm. and I pop on the U-porn, you, bust one out. You see an uncut cock. I, it's, it's cut off. It doesn't matter how hot the girl is. <laughs> I cannot yeah. watch a hooded penis do its work because I'm just like, oh. I'm fairly certain Kristen told me once or twice at one point that one of her previous fellows was uncut as well. I never really thought about it because if it's the guy I'm thinking of, I eventually saw him in person and he was, I want to say he was um, Iranian or per, like he was from a region of the world where it's just not cultural to get cut. So sure. culturally it made sense, but he was terrifying looking. Yeah. And I just remember seeing him going like, you fucked that guy? He's <laughs> fucking scary looking. <laughs> Like, I, it wasn't a jealous... That guy's an assassin. It wasn't a jealous you fucked that guy. It was a... Really? It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> you can play fucking Jafar in a live-action play of Aladdin. You fucked that guy? Like, it was one of those kind of things. So the fact that he was uncut, I was like, that's, that's well done. I'm looking at his terrifying eyes. That's like 17th down the list. So no, it was one time, whatever. You know, I was like, all right, whatever. I'm just, you know, that kind of man, Jesus Christ. In fairness to me, when I if I displayed my lineup, I'm like, she could easily like, her, really? So it's, you know. Well, on a personal note, Leah's thing was always, because I didn't, I mean, I had sexual relations, of course, but it was like, I was, so we've talked about our spiritual and religious upbringing together. We've shared our stories. Yeah. And I, I mean, clearly I've told you, I was, I was getting, I was guilt tripping myself over masturbation to a non-pornographic magazine, to a realtor magazine. Right. But somehow I, I came to justify that mouth hugs and blowjobs were just not that bad. Yeah. I racked up the numbers yeah and leah asked she asked early on this like, is like clerks yeah kind of but inversed they tried not to suck any dick on your way through the parking lot <laughs> 36 dicks well 37 including you what the fuck they tried not to suck any dick on your way through the parking lot fuck you dante no but like she asked the number and i it was just funny because in the moment i was like huh and then you start going through, and you're like, yeah. oh, shit. I don't think I want to throw this number out. Because there's, <laughs> yeah. like, there, not only do you have your randos, which you're tough to remember. Yeah. Because it sounds fucked up, but there's times when I'm, like, driving in a car with nothing going on in my mind. I'm like, <laughs> I remember that one girl blew me. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it comes back to you. It's not yeah. something you'd ever remember, but yeah. you're like, wow, what a, what a whore and awesome whore she was. Just, you want your dick sucked? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, but <laughs> has anyone ever said no to that? <laughs> That'd be a good response. If someone's like, you want me to suck your dick? Can I ask you something? <laughs> has anyone ever said no to this? Because I'm not about to start. I'm just yeah. wondering if anyone's ever said no to this. But I told her, I was like, ah. and this was just a rough estimate. Yeah. I don't think it was right. I think it was on the low end. I yeah. was like, are you talking about times? Because that's impossible. I was like, uh, as far as different women, 50? 60? <laughs> and she's like, what? It like blew her mind because here's the thing. For those who are listening. I mean, Dave's mom that, was that in me for a while. This was new. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> was there one? Was there a mom in there? <laughs> uh, There's like four. <laughs> in fact, oh God, I can't even say this on the pod. <laughs> well, then don't. I, I will say it. I'll say it because fuck it. This is what we do. <laughs> I have been blown, not at the same time because that would have been fucking weird. Yeah. By both the young girl, 
Not young girl. That sounds fucked up. She was she was eighteen. <laughs> You've been blown by a girl your age. A mother and, and daughter and, combination. And her yes. On separate occasions. Uh, they they were not. It was I was not being stupid enough to intermingle. Right. The mother blew me first, mm. and Didn't like another couple times, and then years yeah. later. Yes, in the degree to which we were. Um, Convicted by our, you know, teenage I, Christianity yeah, yeah, I was blue. way more extreme on my end than yours because mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't even make the effort to seek out the lifestyle that would afford me mom blowjobs mm-hmm. because I was convinced. Well, I to was be clear, I didn't out. seek it out. I just found myself in situations where I was like, "This lady wants to blow me." Right, but what I'm saying is, I never, I never had the social life or life period that would put me in that situation. Ah, okay, it was when I was in the church from 16 to 19. It was. I was there like every fucking day. Yeah, we've heard about your nine-month non-speech. There was, there was no scenario where I was going to be at a house party where someone's mom was going to have one too many martinis and give me the eye and ask if she could put my dick in her mouth. Sure. I w- certainly would have loved that opportunity, but I was so socially awkward and guilt-ridden about impure thoughts that it was just never going to happen. Yeah. So when I eventually broke away from all that nonsense, I had some catching up to do, but <clears> even <throat> then, my number is fucking... It's nothing. Well, it's not a contest. I just know that I kind of like my trajectory was always kind of like I'm not popular, but I'm not a nerd, mm-hmm. and that's to use parlance of our time. So it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that nerds aren't getting blown because that's kind of my point. I just knew that I liked that kind of not social reject, but just kind of those people that were not they bound together because they were not super hot, right? And they had you know, what we would consider nerdish interests. Mm-hmm. So I found myself in band. Yeah. Right? A lot of blowjobs in the band. Oh, yeah. And then in high school, I found <laughs> out, oh, these drama girls, we've talked about this. Yeah. They are fucking wide open for business. So this is why I always said if I ever had a son, I would tell him to be nice to... To ugly chicks. The homely girls yeah. your freshman year. Because... because come not, senior, not only senior year. Yeah. Like, Wait 15 years. Well, that, but like just first year back from college. Yeah. They'll have finally learned to put on makeup the right way. They'll probably... They, they've blown a lot of people. Yeah. They will have either gained or lost 15 pounds, but either way, it'll work for them. Yeah. And they'll remember that you were nice to them when you were freshmen and they had a fucking retainer that was, you know, semi-permanent. And they're going to suck your dick. Like, I, I'll tell you and this one just like because it. based on, like I told you, the, the things that come back when you don't... Like, now that we're starting to talk about it, <laughs> one that I had forgotten. So, yeah. call it 61. But I was at Georgia Perimeter College mm. my first two years of school. And I knew one of the girls from high school. She had also... This is so fucked up. <laughs> she had also blown me. We're going to title this one, Leah Skip This One. <laughs> <laughs> but we were really friendly. It just happened that via the friendship, yeah. I got a blowjob once before yeah. we did a, a dress rehearsal for the play we were going to be in. Yeah. That's cool. Well, we go to college. We're still very friendly, but that wasn't going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting outside, and we were like, this was like the the kids that smoked and talked about, fuck, I didn't do it, but I, I hung out with them. Like, they were comic book readers and anime and, yeah. like, doing, you know, local theater, that kind of shit. Yeah. But I found them to be far more interesting than some of the other people you might encounter. And there was this girl named Dominique, and she was plump. I won't say plump. That's too big. She was uh, she had some meat on her bones. She's what Pete Holmes would call a thicker milkshake. A thicker milkshake. She definitely had some big fat tits. Not very pretty. Pale skin. She had some things that were going for her. But overall, this was not someone I was going to take out on a date. Pacifier or no pacifier? No pacifier. <laughs> and she starts talking. It's that classic case of, like, you, you even though you, you weren't, 
like you said, finding yourself in situations where this was going to happen to you very much. Yeah. It's one of those situations where, like, oral sex, blowjobs come up, and you got a bunch of clearly horny 18, 19-year-old guys and clearly horny 18, 19-year-old girls. And here's this Dominique talking about, I give the best blowjobs. No one's ever lasted four minutes, like three or four minutes. Mm. And everyone's like, uh, and I was like, prove it. <laughs> and everyone looked at me like I was fucking, yeah. like I was Paul Newman. Yeah. Like Cool Hand Luke just sat down at the table. Because I, I was deadly serious. Yeah. I was like, I because I had heard this whole thing before, and I was like, I don't, come on, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. no one, everyone says, that, it's kind of like when a dude says, I'm so good at oral sex. So that means you have a short dick, and you probably don't fuck. That's why I always said That's it. why you're very good at it. <laughs> You, you know your craft. You've honed in. Well, when she was like, no one's ever lasted three minutes, I was like, prove it. Yeah. And she's like, really? And I was like, let's go right now. <laughs> Get in the car. And? So, which makes me sound like a serial killer. Right. But, so it's everyone's... The er, so, so It's the implication. So there's like seven people sitting around this table who I've known for a year now. Yeah. And they're looking at me like, like I've just discovered something brand new. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And we, now it's in that awkward phase yeah. where it's like, are they really about to go do this? Yeah. And I was like, I'm jingling keys. I'm like, yeah. well, let's go. So we go off to my car. These people are like looking at it. They're like wolf whistling now because th- I think they think this is all a gag. Yeah. So we get in the car and she starts talking about, hey, I'm going to do this this weekend, this, that, this, blah, 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 blah. and we were riding through. I was like, so are we going to do this or what? Uh, this is seriously the most cool damn <laughs> loop. Like me kind of being an asshole if yeah, you want to talk about it. But she put this out there. Yeah. And she's, oh, yeah. And then just boom. And I want to give her full credit. I did not last three minutes. Mm. So she definitely had a thing. Some skills. I don't... I, it was... Yeah. It was this thing where... It... Well... <laughs> she, could, want, she really gripped the bottom yeah. of the shaft. There's, there's techniques. And I, I had mean, never... I've, I've thought I've before, never, like... I'm, me, and my, me and my best friend Mike talked about this. one, like... Because we're dudes and we know what feels good, mm-hmm. if we were so inclined... We could do this really well. We could suck the shit, shit out, out of dick. some dick. But I, 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 want, I want to circle back. <laughs> I don't think her technique was as good so much as it was like, holy shit. We just went from like talking about fucking right. comic books yeah. to her saying, I can suck dick better than anyone you know. To me being yeah. like, in front of people, that's yeah, the thing. Your, your senses are heightened. It's kind of... And it's a, Roadhead. It's kind of a public... There is no thing. better blowjob yeah, than no. Roadhead. Yeah, car blow... They're dangerous, but they're great. I don't... They're not dick. Look, go into a neighborhood. Keep your fucking visuals on. The fun is that you're, that you're driving. What I was going to say... No, is, I'm not... You don't park. I'm just saying you go into a fucking neighborhood and cruise at 15. What I was going to say is these kinds of circumstances where you have these women friends where circumstances, parties, drinks, etc., lead to these conversations that lead to sex was something that was starting to come into my life around the time that I met Kristen. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, hanging out with women socially in a way that I never did in high school. Like, within my friend circle, it was all dudes that were friends and, like, two guys. Y'all were just sucking each other's oh, yeah, dicks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you knew what to do. And it's like Nam in a foxhole. You gotta do what you gotta do. No, but like only like two. I've been of us, shot. Ugh. Only two of us had a girlfriend, and the rest was just, just always hanging out with our guy friends, fantasizing about what it might be like to have girlfriends that we could clumsily do sexual things with. <laughs> By the time I hit 20, 21, 22, I had started to have similar instances where I'm at a bonfire, or I'm at a party, or I'm hosting a party, and then there's a girl there that I've known for a long time, and we're socializing in a way that friends socialize. 
and there's some drinks involved, and she brags about her skill set, and the next thing you know, we're on my futon. <laughs> you know, I that that was starting. It's the only way, only way that could have ended. We're on my futon. Yeah, that what you're describing that probably happened in your teens started for me in my twenties, and then I met Kristen, and we stayed together beyond that. What yeah. you were saying before about the short dick with the pussy eating. <laughs> It, Good recall. It reminded me of a joke that I told to Kristen actually in the middle of the act somewhat recently, and it, it made us laugh so much that we had to actually stop for a second. Because it's, it's like when you're stoned and you can't stop laughing about the thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's like hat sizes. You have large, extra large, and you have small, medium. I'm a medium, but the S is there too. That's good. <laughs> I said, if I can ever work that into stand-up, I will. Like, I'm not a large, because the XL's there, too, and that's definitely not me. I, I, I'm a medium. Just because the S gone, is there, just too. Just because we've gone full crude, <laughs> I remember the first time I ever actually kissed, you know, made out with a vagina. Mm. Ate out. Whatever you want to call it. I never liked that word. It sounds like you went out to do it. <laughs> it's like, can we order in some pussy eating tonight? Yeah. I don't want to eat out. Yeah. But I, I was just doing what I thought would work. And I remember this girl was like, how did you learn to do this? Like, she was, like, swarming and shit. And I was like, I... Just doing figure eights. Common natural. I was just doing my alphabet. <laughs> just but, doing figure eights, trying to get my tongue as far in the <laughs> hole as I can. <laughs> Tell you the truth, it's starting to hurt in the back of my throat because my tongue doesn't go out that far. <laughs> if Gene Simmons were here, <laughs> he'd be touching your cervix. I just learned that word in health class. <laughs> well, that was a crazy experience, man. Ugh, it's weird. We went full crude on that one. But, yeah, I'm telling you, it might... Because mine started fairly early mm. as far as BJ's. Because I remember I was getting... My first hand jobs were with the same girlfriend that got wet to Fast and the Furious. Topical! Yeah, what grade are we talking? Uh... My junior year. I was young. I was always okay. the youngest in my class. I was going to say, I was getting offers in freshman and sophomore year. Oh, I, wow. You were way out in front of me. But I was terrified of the heaven and hell repercussions. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because, I, I mean, again, if I had sons, the last thing I would ever do is burden them with fucking church as teenagers. Yeah. Like, you know, get your dick sucked as much as you can. <laughs> as much as you can. Well, you, got a, you got a girlfriend with braces that wants to come over and blow you in the beanbag chair she saw the last time she was at your birthday party. You let her do it. That's a very specific detail. And I politely said, no, I don't think we should. I'm afraid I'll go to hell if we do. Fucking, this is why I rebel. That's why I'm such a hardcore atheist. Because I'm like, the fucking shit ruined opportunities for me. Well, I look at it like that because I was on the same end where I just convinced myself that mouth hugs were... Not sex. See, that's like a Brian thing, because Brian was part of the youth group too. But then when he would come back from the beach retreat, I'd hear over here like of, of the girls he fingered, and I'm like, "What the? You're supposed to <laughs> you're supposed to get there to get close with God, not finger girls." <laughs> it turns out he was doing exactly what he was supposed no, to be I doing. Know. I was getting close to God. <laughs> but like that was the thing that I could never register with. It was like the there was plenty of guys at in high school, especially who were part of Fellowship Christian Athletes and did the whole. We're going to be Christians to get together on Fridays and hang out. That's Christian, not, Christian, Christian. And then they're all fucking each other. And then dude, me. But and, think about it in terms of being an adult. That's not any different than it's the same not, hypocritical it's not, Christian I, now. It's not, but when I was part of the church. You're just mad. You're just mad that you weren't hypocritical at the time. And you right. could have been slaying pussy all over Roswell. Well, I'm mad in hindsight, but at the time I just didn't understand it because the, the youth leaders that I had were so serious about how Christianity is a 
day to day, minute by minute, hour by hour. You need to live a life in a constant state of prayer and a constant state of worship. You need to be reading script. There wasn't time for social life because it was like fucking Buddhist monk level Christianity. Oh, I get it. So I the idea it. that there were kids like, oh yeah, I go to church on Christmas Easter. I do anal because that's no big deal. It's like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Like, like the whole like Bible verse of, you know, you, since you were neither hot nor cold, I spit you out. Yeah. Like you have to be hot on God 24 seven. Well, I'm hot, bro. You can't, be in the, you can't be like, yeah, I go to the youth group retreat so I can fuck girls in the ocean. And then, you know, I cry at night during the worship center and I ask for forgiveness for it. And the next thing you know, I'm eating ass. It's like, this, I never fucking computed. And I have no doubt that Brian and his friends that went on youth group, it's exactly what they were doing. Brian just finger banging girls. Yeah. That's why they're all still churchgoers. Like, this is easy. I fucking believe in God and fuck girls. I'm like, it ain't that Finger bang for Jesus. It fucking drove me insane hearing that kind of shit but back you, in the you, day. But you said something that I, I've always keyed on, and I don't have any, I have no, I mean, I have regrets in life, but I don't regret this so much. Uh, again, not the best looking guy. I'm not ugly. I've gained weight in my old age. <laughs> but, dude, there were times that shit was being thrown at me. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm saving myself. I'm saving myself for my wife. Oh, yeah, I had the Hebrew promise ring. Never did the promise ring, but I was like, no, I would. I would. I never said it out loud. What makes it worse is when you live that lifestyle, you have to say, like, or at least I did. I don't say you have to, but I, I would always find, like, ways to get around it without having to say, like, no, this would upset Jesus. Yeah. I would always be, I, I just, I don't. I'm not ready for that right now. It's, it's occurring to me now, Jesus is the reason I eat ass today. <laughs> Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> Why do you eat ass? Well, because Jesus repressed me. When I was I'm like a Catholic schoolgirl trying to rebel and catch up. That's why I eat ass today. I why think. is Brent such into butt stuff, Jesus? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a long story. It's a long story. We'll just leave it at Jesus. But like, you know, Leah tells me her number, and she's like, what's yours? And I'm like, it's not... Is high. I have had n- copious amounts of women suck my dick, but never really like got in. Yeah. But I was like, so my number is not quite there. But then you got you start rationalizing, and you're like, but it could have been. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what. A, there's no celebration here, but I I imagine if I hadn't gone through that spirituality religious phase, if I had ra- if I had been raised by not necessarily atheists, but not like hardcore churchgoers. Mm. 30? Mm. Would have been a reasonable number. Yeah. But I'm glad it's not. Well, not yeah. because I think there's a, there's no judgment in those who have slept with a thousand women right. or a thousand men. Yeah. It's just that I personally would not want to to have gone into and take spirituality out of it. Gone into any marriage and been like, eh, baby, it's good to be 31, ain't it? I love you. Well, I'm thinking it's outside Steve. Oh, gross. <laughs> the only thing that ever frustrated me in terms of... For those of, who don't li- know Southside yeah. Steve, he's an Atlanta radio personality who I think his he number broke, was like five... He, I, know the, the, I remember it was a big deal. It was in the mid fours, and then yeah. he said he was never getting married, and now he's like married with a, a kid or two. Yeah. So He invented the lemon test. Which is not factual. <laughs> that does not work. Now, I was never, you know, when I, when I met Kristen and we got serious and we stayed together, I was never like looking over the shoulder at like what I could have done because mm-hmm. when we met I was 22 like in terms mm-hmm. of how many years are ahead of you for meeting single women and fooling around I could have chosen that but we fell in love we got married and I never thought twice about it 
when I was dating, though, prior to meeting her, the only scenario that ever frustrated the fuck out of me was there was a girl that I had invested real time with in trying to date, and she'd even spent the night a couple of times, but nothing ever happened. And I had, in my limited skill set, because at the time when we were dating, I had only dated like and had sex with two other girls at that point. Mm. And so I don't really know what I'm doing as far as initiating a move. Right, because prior to that, I just had a girlfriend that we just did sexual shit when the sun went down. There wasn't any move making involved, like on dates. And I did what I thought I should be doing to instigate, like, "Hey, I want to fuck," and it just never landed. And some time went by. We stopped dating. I dated some other girls, and eventually, she called me one day, like a year or two later, and asked if I wanted to go out for drinks. And I said, yeah, sure. We haven't hung out in a long time. So we go out and (laughs) we go to this Irish bar near, actually near where I live now. Mm -hmm. And she just starts ordering all those novelty shots, the buttery nipples and the sex on the beach, all those shots. And we get fucking hammered. The kind of hammer where you can just start like you're, I remember when we were dating, I'm holding in farts, but now I'm fucking piss face drunk and I'm not trying to impress her. So anything that comes to mind comes out (laughs) of my mind. Not farting, but I'm not. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not. Your mouth farting. I'm not. Uh, I'm not parsing my words anymore. Now I'm just speaking direct. And I was like, "Why didn't we ever fucking fool around?" Because I tried a couple of times, and she was like, "Well, I gave you the signal that one time, and you didn't do anything about it." And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And she recounted this time we went to a Japanese restaurant where they cook in front of you, and she put her hand on my thigh. Okay. She was like, "That's like I put my hand on your inner thigh. That was your cue." To make a move that night. I was like, what fucking world are you living in where a fucking anxious, horny 21-year-old's going to go, oh, she touched my leg, that means we're going to fuck. She's like, well, that's how I signal, guys, that it's okay. I'm like, that's fucking stupid. And it's a wonder wonder you've ever had sex if that's how you let people know. (laughs) I touched your leg. (laughs) I touched your leg. That's a pretty strong indicator that I'm I brushed your hair behind your ear. That's how you know I want anal. I was like, no, the indicator is when you're spending the night at my parents' house and you roll over and you get a fistful of dick. (laughs) That's That's the indicator. And the great thing about it was is there's no pressure. We're not dating. There's, we're not going to fool around and we're both hammered enough to just deliberately talk in this way and I was like she's like well you know we missed the boat I'm like ah, fuck you know that <laughs> and because of that conversation and the fact that nothing ever happened I was always mad about that one mm. when I was dating especially when I found out a buddy of mine from high school dated her after me he's like I don't understand why you thought she never wanted to have sex with we fucked a lot I'm like <laughs> fuck you man it's like, it's like I guess I was like, oh, did she touch your leg? <laughs> That's the international indicator. Oh yeah, when you go out to dinner and they touch the inside of your leg, it's game on. Mm-hmm. Fucking yeah, you, sh- you should have pointed it out well, a little bit more clearly. That's a good way to wrap up our shared sexual history—not us together, but our, uh, <laughs> our our mutually exclusive shared sexual histories. Yeah, I was hanging out with Ronnie Tahoe when he <laughs> touched the inside of my thigh. That's how I knew it was game on. I didn't do shit, Schmary. You did that shit. I'm a giver. Riley Reed touched my ass the other day, <laughs> but I think it was just to act, like go past me to grab the peanut butter. <laughs> I don't think it was a sex thing. Anyway, it made me shit my pants. <laughs> I, blew, I jerked off to it later. <laughs> I got her videos pulled up. Since I'm married to her mom anymore, it's not weird anymore. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
shit. Well, I don't, I don't watch that that tushy shit when she's doing that ass with the black dude, but everything else. Is, I'm on board. <laughs> I mean, I ain't racist or nothing, but I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to see that. I had a boss like that one time. He used to be watching porn in the back office, which is fucking weird, but it's Conyers, so par for the course. <laughs> and he'd be watching porn, and you walk back there, and you know, some black girl and some white dude, and. He'd exit out of it, I guess common courtesy. He didn't leave the web page. He would just stop the video. You could see what he was doing. <laughs> Space bar. Yeah, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was literally it. Space bar, what's up? And then, you know, you'd come... Did you turn it down? <laughs> on the fucking phone, and I, can, and I know that they can hear this shit on the other end. Your office adjoins the waiting room, man. <laughs> No, Put but your fucking headphones on. <laughs> like he, a normal goddamn person. He, he, you know, he, and then it got, over time, it get worse. He'd be like, come on back here and look at this one. And you're like, oh, fuck me. Like, all right. There's nothing else going on. So he'd show you this video, and then, you know, he'd X out of it, and you're looking at the videos, and he'd see one where it was black dude and white woman. You could see the visceral disgust in his face. He's like, fuck no, I ain't watching. So I was like, it's cool if it's a white dude and a black chick. Yeah. But it ain't ever going to be, you know, Lexington Steel ramming right. it into fucking Riley's asshole. Because right, well, that shit turned him into a fucking Klansman like that. Like you said, it's not your from the course. Apart from the fucking course. Well, well. WFUCK! You, you can't deny this week was better than last week. <laughs> we got a lot of personal sexual history. Got a great breakdown of Fast and the Furious. We got Skip and Dabber coming up next with sports. We got the Hollywood Report with no cheese. Vietnamese loving Sean. <laughs> and uh, stay tuned for uh, whatever the soundtrack for Fast and the Furious is. 